Oh my gosh, I'm leaving to Europe in just a short time, but it is time for Hotline League ni episode 94 before I leave this country, perhaps for good. Joined uh, by my constant co-host Mark Zimmerman, our guest tonight is Invert, but first I want to give a shout out to both of our sponsors, Movement and Alienware, uh, for supporting us. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, today was an exciting day. Play-ins finally finished. World Song came out. Groups were decided. Damn, one fell into Group D. I don't know. There's a lot to talk about. I'm really excited. I am. I'm very excited as well. Invert, how have you been? Uh, you know, Travis, it's been a little slow for the teams that are not at Worlds. Obviously, your, you know, your off season's a little early. Uh, but for staff, it's not really uh an off season you know we're thinking about 2020 always working on like infrastructure stuff roster staff like all all that confluence of things is coming together um yeah so I, everyone who's not at worlds i assume has kind of hit the ground running on that including us so i have uh i don't know if twitch is still trolling us but i just want everybody to know that they're listening to the podcast or the youtube pod we did a bunch of audio testing beforehand. Twitch chat was like, Mark is fine. Audio is fine. Everything's great. Windows just sent a, an alert noise to me. And then, of course, the show starts and Mark's immediately loud. So I think hopefully this is better. Twitch chat, keep giving us uh, feedback. Anyway, uh, Invert, do you want to... Uh, I'm happy to hear things are going well for you um, and relaxing and chill uh, in the off season. Do you want to explain a little bit about uh, what you do since this is your first time on the show? Sure. So I am the LCS head coach of FlyQuest um, for past two splits. Um, yeah, you guys may have seen FlyQuest in the LCS doing well during the spring and then being there in summer. Uh, obviously, we were part of Gauntlet, uh, faced Clutch, uh, but unfortunately could not pull through. Uh, but I do think that time working towards Gauntlet uh was some of the best practice we had all summer and you know we we came in with everything we had unfortunately it wasn't enough but yeah that's me uh and yeah well, thank you for it. being our first FlyQuest representative on the show last year before we the community decided we hated 100t we had a reputation for making fun of FlyQuest, so it's mm -hmm. nice to have somebody on the show also shout out to hitstreak who uh unfortunately told me that there'd be an opportunity for me to do something cool with him at Worlds, then just messaged me and said, never mind, and then immediately showed up and gifted 10 subs, one of which went to Kelsey Moser, which I find very funny. <laughs> that, those are some pity subs right there. Yeah. yeah. Those are the, I'm sorry that we actually can't do this thing. So Yes, yes exactly. It's very nice yeah. of him. So the main reason we got Invert for this episode is we disagreed on Twitter about something. Oh, really? And, I didn't and, even know this. Yeah. I see this conversation. It wasn't like a big disagreement, just... Um, no, Mark, I'm fuming. Oh, my bad. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I'm of the opinion that there's so many things to talk about that, and I'm sure Travis has a lot of opinions. I have opinions. I'm sure Invert's got opinions that I would like to go a little less uh, caller heavy, a little less caller heavy this, this episode on some of these things, because otherwise we'd just be using them as prompts like caller comes in and they're like, I, I think mean, group B is too easy. And then we talk about all the stuff we were going to talk about anyways. Yeah. You know, some of the stuff, if, if these guys have takes, if they want to be a part of the conversation, absolutely, right? I'm, I'm glad yeah. that you've shown up on our show and within the first five minutes are dictating the 
amount of guests that we're going to bring on. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we can say our piece, and then if, if they want to respond to that in Discord, um, and I can pull people then, that might be better yeah. than pulling them, us just kind of ranting over these people, and maybe already saying the same thing that they're going to say, and then them not having anything to contribute versus we'll, if we'll you figure go first. It out. Well, first okay, 30 minutes of the show are usually us ranting about our passions anyway, so I'm... I'm trying to find it. When did you guys get in this argument? Because I'm scrolling down right now, trying to find the discussion. It, it wasn't. It wasn't much of an argument. Um, last yesterday, or was it today? I think it was yesterday. I tweeted I a bunch. Yesterday, I tweeted a bunch about uh, Clutch Gaming because once again, watching their series, they three would two of their games. They went for like the ten minute rift herald swap, and the third one, and one of their games, the one that they didn't do it was like they got dove topside at like 9.30, so they went bot in response, and it kind of delayed their whole play, and they went mad. I put a tweet out that was basically like, is Clutch Gaming like the first team that we've really seen that has this kind of set play that they do all the time, in almost every single game? And a bunch of people chimed in. Some people totally missed the point of what I was asking. Well, Invert um, here. Including me at first. Profanity. But I kind of yeah. clarified after what right. I was I mean, talking about. As Twitter tends to go best, both people are kind of talking past each other for their first five tweets, and they finally start finding middle ground, like, later. Uh, sometimes literally, too. We were actually arguing in two separate threads, and then <laughs> yeah. kind of converging to decide, like, which one we're going to go for. Right, so <laughs> a bunch of people, no, through no fault of their own, were initially thinking I was saying, like, Clutch was the first team to go for Rift Herald, because my phrasing wasn't very clear, like, yeah. with the frequency they do. And I was, uh, Later, I was you like, no, no, no. of missing the point. You're going in on him, Mark. Oh, yeah, dude. We were, this we were is fuming. bloody. Yeah, so what I meant was that they were the first team to have such a strategy focus, not like a specific, like, and some people took an issue with the term set play. You know, it wasn't just that they thought I was saying Clutch was the first team to prioritize Rift Herald. Everyone knows Rift Herald's been really important for a long time and have done these kind of 10-minute swaps. Uh, and I don't mean set play as in, like, they do it the exact same way every single time. That's also a bad terminology. The way I would put it now is like it's a strategy that they do every single game the same way someone's strategy could be you know strategy meaning what you think is the best way to win the game or you know like in warfare how do you win the war that's your strategy your tactics are, are what you actually do in the battles and stuff but the, the strategy is we're going to get rift herald every single game as early as we can right and mm -hmm. other strategies could be like oh well we're a one three one team or we like to b dive bot lane or contest blues and these are the kinds of things that you're going to look to do every game and that influences your pick ban and how you what you do in the game sure. so now now i think set play was a really bad word for it. i would say that they are one of the most strategically single-minded teams i think i've ever seen uh or at least in terms of like the frequency with which they execute plays and i, I can't really think of a team that has been as like we're doing this every time as they are i think that's that's where I, i've i've landed on it I don't know. Did that, you guys ever sort yeah. out? Is there like so, a? Did you guys come to a conclusion? Are you happy yet? Well, oh, if I could start, just because yeah. um, the way we talk about this as a set play, I think we all agree is incorrect. Now, when we think about set plays, normally they're in kind of in sports, like they're neutral positions, right? Like a corner kick in uh, soccer, uh, or a free kick, or you know, uh, free throw strategies, or like in Ball, basketball inbound strategies like those are set plays in a neutral position where people kind of uh you know are in a set position to start you don't really have that in league of legends right after a pause you know the game is still as dynamic as it can be you can't really have a set play out of 
a random pause anyways because you're not really planning for that in the first place. Um, so I think set play is definitely the wrong terminology. Uh, tendency and recognition and training that kind of stuff to be focused on Herald, I completely agree with, right? I think Clutch does have great recognition of map states where they're able to swap for Herald, uh, and you see them doing it very often. That doesn't mean they're the first to do it or the, the only people to do it, uh, but they definitely have that tendency, and I think part of the reason why is because they've trained very well uh, when it comes to the recognition of those situations and understanding like when their bot lane has the advantage to either walk up river or when they have a base timing and they're able to swap out. Uh, Vulcan you know, uses his move to break out the top lane and then brings everyone down river uh you know they have a really good understanding of how to use their bot lanes moves either up river through bot or off of a base timing in order to get herald and i think they're just a bit more clever about that than other teams but i do think teams generally you even saw in the gauntlet have an idea of how to match that tempo and match that swap so yeah, and I think the the place that we kind of ended our Twitter conversation on was, is this the approach of kind of hyper-focus? I, I, I don't want to say, you know, exactly what Clutch does for practice or whatnot, but at least how it manifests itself on game day and, and on, on the Rift does feel like almost a hyper-focus on it because there's times where they go for it and it doesn't work and it feels Like really they just forced. really prioritize this objective, you're saying. Like right, the, yeah. Just, like... As part of their team identity in scrims, et cetera, it's like, how are we getting Rift Herald? Yeah, but that's different from a set, set play, right? Again, yeah, set play is like from a neutral position, how that works out. Right. Uh, and so I guess the question became, for me, was not about like, oh, what, is this a set play? And, and more like, is this something teams should be really focusing and doing uh, is like identifying what they think is their their personal best way to win. So, you know, some teams that might be, like I said, a one three one strategy and then becoming almost hyper-focused on it um, even though it can lead to some situations like, well, you should have done that, you know, I think I, which I think happened with clutch for whatever reason, is that still better than if they did what a lot of teams do, which is not really ever commit to a single set, like strategy. And I, I say set again, I'm trying, I'm trying to avoid that word. One particular strategy that they're best at. Uh, one of the biggest things that happens with teams is they kind of lie to them, at least in my experience, is they, they, they almost dupe themselves into believing they can play everything. No one wants to admit that, like, I'm a tank player. Like, no one, no one ever wants to admit that, even though that might be the best thing for your team or whatever. And so, you know, Clutch has now been drafting really skirmish-heavy things like Renektons and Rumbles and these things that are really good at 10-minute power spikes and Syndras and Nikos. And they, they have this kind of pretty, like, when you really look at it, a lot of their things do revolve around the idea of being able to fight for this, this Rift Herald. And, like, should teams really kind of lock down and become more singular in their focus was, was what I was walking away from, even though in the past I've been like, ah, oh, the game's really volatile and, and pick ban will make you have to go away from these sorts of things more often. Are, are you, mean, are there... oh, sorry, is, your, is the question like, should they be more set in their identity and their strategies? It sounds like it's what you're kind of saying. Cause right, should you guys are teams... two coaches. I mean, Mark, former coach, and so I'm trying to kind of broaden the conversation out or term, to yeah. terminology that people can understand. It sounds like you're generally asking, yeah, should people really try to lock in these types of identities and strategies? Right, because prior to their coaching staff joining in week four, I think, you know, Clutch was, because they, they swapped their coaching staff, they were really all over the place. And then over the course of the, the next 
two months, they became more and more distinct, I think, in their play styles and stuff like that. Um, and it feels like that would probably help a lot of, of other teams is just be like, all right, well, we think this is the best way to play for our team. That's all we're going to ever do from now on. Right. Yeah, I think uh, just forging an identity, understanding at least the foundation of a system that you want to play uh, is really important to how you start coaching a team, right? I think you kind of saw, you know, to beat on, beat up on uh, FlyQuest a bit, to beat up on ourselves a bit, you saw we struggled in the summer split precisely because people didn't really understand like what our identity was and we were still searching for that identity and trying to find at the very least that starting point of how we as a team should be able to play the game right every team has a particular focus you know rng team liquid they're very bot lane focused they know that no matter what the meta is they want to play towards the bot lane and identify themselves as a team that will do that right uh and the same can be said for an IG solo lane focus. Splice is very mid-bot focused. So just having uh, that baseline of understanding, okay, this is how we want to play the game, I think is for every coach, uh, like the foundation that you have to have in order to start getting better. And I think, you know, if that's Clutch's foundation, they can get better from there when it comes to having recognition of map states in general, whether it's a Herald one or another neutral objective, and then being able to play through their sides and break open their sides to play for those things. So, you know, I think having that identity to start with is really good and it'll help you kind of improve from there because you can understand the pros and cons of having that identity and kind of build up from that. All right. Great conversation. A little dry to start the show off with. So I'm going to move this along. <laughs> One more, one more question that follows up with this that oh, no. is a little spicier. So one of the things people were saying as well was, oh, it only works for Clutch because they play in NA and now they're playing against you know some some lower-level competition. So now that they're in Group C, and this will open up hopefully into something better for Travis, do you think that they are going to get exposed going for these Rift Heralds and like crushed for it? So the, and, like one way of putting this, I guess it sounds like, and I'm asking you, Mark, if this is what you're kind of getting at, uh, is there a world where, like, because they have this identity, this this strategy that they're so known for, they can kind of get exposed because it, it almost makes them a little one-dimensional? Yeah, I think that's that's always a concern when a team becomes one-dimensional is the idea that people will just just counter you. Um, and now they're going in, in the hardest group. Basically, they're going to have to show that they're going to go and force Rift Heralds versus Fnatic and SKT and stuff like that. Like, Inver, do you have any confidence in them? I mean. So I kind of, I linked this in the Twitter thread too, but SKT is really phenomenal at defending or having their own Rift Herald swap timings. Uh, and RNG is a really interesting case as well because a lot of the Rift Herald situations uh, come from the fact that Vulcan can be broken out of his lane in some way and then come top, right? And then Cody follows suit uh, pretty quickly afterwards. So will Uzi really give them that opportunity you know will the rng bot lane really give them that opportunity uh that's really difficult to say i think because uh, i think cody's been playing phenomenally he was probably honestly the best player in play-ins in my opinion um like in dams to in summation uh and if he carries that form forward i think you know they might be able to do that to rng who has a pretty exploitable uh top lane uh, you know, at least the difference there. Uh, I do think if 
uh, teams follow the general Unicorns of Love playbook, you know, Heimerdinger aside, getting bot lane priority means Lyra has to like path bot to get Vulcan those breakout timings and then go top. And honestly, Lyra's uh, bot ganks in LCS have been really abysmal for the most part. Uh, normally that lane gets their advantages in 2v2. Uh, the best example I have from summer of that is uh, he played Rek'Sai against TSM in summer quarters, and there was that like pseudo five-man bot lane fiesta fight. Uh, that fight started out horribly for Lyra, and he honestly should have died, but it ended up being like a clutch fight win, uh, thanks to Huni's rumble. But generally, when Lyra plays towards ganking bot, uh, he's pretty bad at it. And if teams with really good bot lanes like SKT or RNG uh, can get that bot lane priority without Heimerdinger, then you know it's going to be really hard for them to even execute the play in the first place. All right, let's make this even more spicy. Can Clutch get out of Group C with SKT, Fnatic, and RNG? Fuck no. Hell okay. no. They have no <laughs> chance. I think they could get third, but I don't think they can get uh, second or first. Who would you say they get, they get third over? Uh, I think they can get third over either RNG, most likely, or Fnatic. But I think SKT and Fnatic will probably make it out of that group. Okay. Why don't you believe in RNG? Um, I really like Xiaohu, and I like their bot lane. Uh, but I think Karsa and uh, their top laner, wow, his name escapes me, uh, will... Lang... Lang, Lang uh, X. Yeah, right. Lang X, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Karsa and Lang X, uh, pretty big hole versus the other top sides of that group, honestly. So yeah. I think it's very, very exploitable, whereas Clutch's, Clutch has like a pretty decent mid lane hole when it comes to the difference between them and other teams. So it's just about like who doesn't stumble first. And I think the battle between third and fourth will be pretty close anyways. So yeah, yeah that's my hot take. I think SKT and Fnatic are pretty clear. Uh, clearly better teams overall uh, than RNG is. Do you okay. think it's not as much of a group of death than the other people think then? Um, no, it definitely is. Those okay. I would say all four teams are very strong. Uh, but I personally think that based on where the meta is going and what the style differences are between the teams, especially because bot lane for each team in this group is actually so strong. Right? I think each team's bot lane is very high-performing. You have to look at the differences in the other role to really see where the group shakes out. And I just think RNG doesn't have that same uh, pull, that same like, you know, really good uh, skill difference in their solo lanes and jungle to really get them out of this group. You're, you're an unpopular person in our Twitch chat right now because you're voting against DeMonte uh, in our Twitch chat. I'd like you to know <laughs> that it's Tanner time. I'm a big fan of Demonte, but it's obviously very difficult oh. to play in a group with Faker, Xiaohu, and uh, Nemesis. So where where I mean, was I... he in in the uh, the Worlds video? They had <laughs> mid laners from other. Where's our NA mid laner in the Worlds video? Yeah, <laughs> he was yeah. too busy getting out of play-ins. They couldn't get him for uh, oh, okay for that. Yeah. Well, I but honestly, uh... hats off to Clutch too, right? Like just getting where they are now based on where they were a few months ago, it's fucking incredible. I'm really, yeah. really proud of them and like that story for NA. 
I didn't mention this at the start of the show, but I am leaving two worlds in just a very short time. Uh, Kobe already left, so the apartment is currently empty. I have to throw stuff in the suitcase. Um, but that means, of course, that that groups is about to start. Um, and we already kind of talked a little bit about groups, but I don't know if we we want to uh, take a couple callers and a moment about it. I know. I guess we have like one or two more topics to talk about before then, right? Yeah. Do you want to you want to pick one out of the hat? Yeah. Um, I'll do mine really quickly. Is it the worlds or is it the group group format? It's the amazing one. Oh. Do you not want to do this? No, no, we can't. I was just teasing. Um, okay. Let me load this up. So, really quick discussion uh, on this. Amazing Today tweeted out, The more I think about it, the more I see Ewan and NA culture influencing players differently. The focus on stardom, making a brand for oneself solely due to the lack of high-end competition will continue to harm NA if the upper levels are not somehow vastly expanded. EU Westmasters and Grandmaster games are so much more competitive than any Challenger game in North America. In order to fix that, Riot needs to do something to pit. Uh, basically, it says like there needs to be a carrot on the stick in North America because all this. I really respect Amazing, and it's hard for me to disagree with him. I mean, I do, but it's difficult for me to do it because I know he's played in North America and Europe. The thing that's weird to me is I like, and I, you know, I maybe if I see him in uh, Worlds, I will ask him this. I don't feel like. Like the beginning of this this tweet is the focus on stardom and making a brand for oneself solely due to the lack of of high end competition. I just don't feel like there's a focus on stardom and making a brand for oneself, and I think you can tell that in how dry the LCS is right now in brands and stars. I mean, I mean how can you how can you even have that focus on individual stardom when individuals like don't have sponsorships, right? Like. You never have players be individually representative of any particular brand. It's always like a team sponsorship that a player participates in. So yeah, you don't it's not even like a lot of these them. guys are making money yeah, on their own. And I feel like, quite frankly, I feel like the stars that we do have in some instances are somewhat being squandered. Like I, I've said before on the show that I, I feel like TSM kind of stopped doing a great job of promoting Bjergsen, and I feel like his star has faded a little bit as they've just entirely focused on competition. So that's the thing that kind of is weird to me is I feel like we we just aren't – Mark, go ahead. I don't think that's what he's talking about, though. He's not talking about the Bjergsons and stuff. He's talking about – because the second tweet clarifies that he's not really talking about exactly the competitive scene. He's talking more about solo queue. EU Master and Grandmaster games are more competitive than Challenger games. Sure, but so, – but He's, are, he's are, saying that, like, the Bunny Fufus, the Shifters, the Scaras, the I Will Dominates, like – there's there are a, a boy boy. There's a ton of NA pros who quit to become streamers. Mm -hmm. um, but and, do we think that they quit because they wanted to become stars? I I, I feel they, like I it, they, when the most of the people that you 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 mentioned were not great players when they quit. Yeah, but he didn't say the best players. He's just saying that this is this is this is part of our you know point zero one percent and. Like if you have fifty competent players and five leave, that's still that still hurts, dude. I mean, at that, the end of the day, it's like a player population issue, right? It's not like EU is doesn't have those same content creators or those same streamers or whatever. It's just the impact of losing those people out of the competitive player pool is lessened by the fact that they have a higher population. So. And, and by yeah, the but, and but, so I definitely agree it's the population thing, and I would say like. What we lost on those five players, which in some cases I don't think was much, we I feel like we definitely gained in the 
fact that we import way more high-level players. What's going on back there? Nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but that's once again like it's not all a population issue I, I, because I admit I am not the most well-versed person in your uh, gameplay stuff, but uh, you know the entire history of the ULCS. How many competent players? Like you know, as much as people don't think Boy Boy was a superstar. He was at that point when he retired, like middleish of the pack in NA. You know, there was there was uh, High, there was Bjergsen, and then it really dropped off. It was like Link, and then Voiboy, and, sh- and then was Shifter. Jensen maybe? not in the league whenever he. It wasn't in the league yet. Oh. So like there, there like Voy was actually like your fifth best mid laner in the league, fourth or fifth best mid laner. You know, um, maybe there's Zhao Wei Zhao, but he left. Uh, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, like, you know, I don't maybe expect a and Carlos um, Oslot are like the two you can kind of mention from EU. But, you know, I can't really think of many EU players who were even middle-ish of the pack who dipped out for money. You know, this happened with Bunny, Cutie, Scara, Dom, Voiboy, Shifter. Um, fuck, I don't know who else. Tons. Um I mean, Bunny lost his starting spot, right? True, and, so, and he, he kind of went he went he, super far into the content creator route. Yeah, yeah. and then and then uh, the Scar tried his hand at uh, coaching, coaching for yeah. a really long time, or like you know, a really a long year, time. I think I think it was like almost a year. Scar right? just toured all the like he he was oh, like he oh. was CLG for a little CLG, bit, CLG, dig. and then he was like, I'm gonna do become an interviewer, and then he just yeah. uh, couldn't keep up <laughs> he's, with he's a, the best. Jack of all trades, but I'm just saying, like, is there even, you know, I, I ra- this without me even really checking, I rabbled off like five, between five and ten. Like, I don't even know who I would list for Europe other than, other than Carlos and uh, Wick- um, Wicked became a, like a streamer. Didn't I mean what the what the LEC players do when it? No, no, actually, I'll tell you exactly what the LEC players do. They don't retire; they come to North America. That's the funny <laughs> that- thing. You know what? You're right. They don't become streamers. Like, no, they, they come here to LCS. <laughs> That's where all because you can name a ton of their players who were like middle of the pack players who then came right. to North America. Their their shifter is Froggen, right, or something like that. Jesus. I mean, I I doubt that either of those players would be thrilled about that comparison. But uh, <laughs> neither neither I have. Yeah, somehow managed to insult both. <laughs> You've insulted both <laughs> players simultaneously. <laughs> Poe those. Yeah, I mean, he was. He was he was high high end middleish of the pack probably top. I mean four even even when, when uh, uh Winter Fox got made right like a lot of those players were established L- uh, EU LCS players that came over. Alex Sitch came over. There's like a ton of people. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right. I think that's a good point. And so and so I think I mean that's like. Wait, but they are quite frankly competition, arguably. They're, they're still making a move for competition. I, I was I, they're still, I was going to say that as well. Like just this goes generally. back. Oh, sorry. Oh. Uh, I was going to say, just generally, like, you know, you can't just force people to play at the competitive level. They have to have that drive. And if those people don't have that drive, do you even want them competing? You know, you could have, like, a, a Delta Fox situation where, yeah. you know, they're not as serious about competing. And so it gets kind of lazy. And then that hurts the competitive scene in a completely different way because you don't really have people with a competitive mindset trying to participate. So here's right. my thing, though. If if the argument is these stars leave the LCS or these guys leave the LCS because they want to chase money and fame and stardom and uh, women and cars and 
private jets. Um, or even just a less stressful lifestyle. Sure. Yeah. I like mine more. Uh, okay. We're replacing them. <laughs> we're like the vacuum is filled by these LEC stars. And so really the place that gets screwed by America's uh, or North America's obsession with stardom is Europe. Because we just backfill these empty spots with LC, uh, EU LCS players, LEC players. And so really, uh, I just, I don't think that, I don't think the streaming thing is the thing that's screwing over North America. I do, I feel like it's the population thing um, and maybe just a culture in North America where we take high-end solo queue less seriously than Europe. Yeah, and I mean, once again, I don't think he's necessarily talking about the pro scene like we haven't replaced Voy. Or, or stuff like that, you know. Um, but he, he's definitely targeting more about talent and development. And, like, even to, to Gabe's point, you know, do you want these people in the scene if they're just grabbing it for a paycheck and to appear in front of, a you know, 200,000 people every day? Uh, the answer would probably be no. You want someone who's actually there to win. Uh, but that speaks to the, his point about the culture of NA being not maybe not the best, you know. Yeah, if, the- if they want to come back and they're, like, they have that competitive spirit and they want to win and they want to, you know, represent North America, that that's great. Like, I love, I used to love Cutie Pie on Dignitas. I thought he was a, actually, him and Patoy were, like, an amazing bot lane. I thought Patoy got screwed out yep. of Season 3 All-Stars, like, so long ago. But <laughs> just, you know, generally speaking, like... These people were good players, and you know, if QD gets that competitive drive again, if Boy Boy gets that competitive drive again with his, you know, absolutely massive brain, like you know, I'll welcome them back wholeheartedly. But if we get another situation <laughs> to the scene in general, crush. right? Uh, and, and you know, I'd love to see people with the competitive drive continue to to push forward and be proud to be a part of NA and represent NA and try to win an international competition. I think that's great. You know another EULCS player that defected to North America? Edward. Amazing. <laughs> person whose tweet we're talking about right now. I feel like you keep bringing up all these like other points. <laughs> he, he wanted to compete, and the 100 Thieves gave him a chance to compete, and he came in, and he gave a fuck, and he helped turn their season around. Isn't that his whole point? Not enough people are like him? All right. Let's do one more topic and then and then we'll take a quick break and then uh, we'll rush through the final one and take some calls. Well, let's get some calls in here, man. <laughs> let me, let's let's do one more, okay? Because <laughs> yeah. this one has a diagram. Pick, pick pick whichever one you think is least likely to be a call. This one topic. has a diagram. Oh, this no. one is very likely to be a call, but I'd rather give my diagram than a, than pull up a, a caller's diagram. Okay. Well, but can we? All right. <laughs> this is the group draw one. You don't need to pull it up right now. Jesus, there's. I'm gonna show this on stream, and nothing is gonna make sense because it's. I have to walk you through it. You can't just. No, show I know, my data. but like this is the least stream-friendly visual I could possibly put up. Is this shitty? <laughs> I, I, is it really that I know worse than XSplit that? Browser it, <laughs> module will struggle to show in like an accurate way. Is it really worse this. than uh, Crumbs's like weird <laughs> LCS trade thing where everyone was on different teams and it made no sense? It no, this is LCS this broadcast. Is... This is better because at least has logic behind it. I don't think I'm <laughs> showing it early just so that people can see what we're talking about. When Jesus it comes Christ, to... I can't even see that. Yeah. You, can, you can pull it up. It's in it's in the Skype chat. Gabe. Take all, all this right. information in, everybody. Alert, alert, right, the red bars. The... You, go, you move left to right. Everything just on the left of the red bar, then the middle streak, and then the right streak, and we'll work our way through it. Okay. 
Okay. We're going to lose pull, all pull, of our pull viewers. That down. Pull that down for now, okay? <laughs> let's, let's, let's get hyphy pull first. It, pull it down forever. Okay, Pull it down, we'll say some hyphy shits, and then people want to hear why I made that spreadsheet. Get me pumped. Okay. I want to look group at some fucking numbers and some group columns. Group B is the easiest group of all time, and it is a joke that that group even exists. Okay, let me find... Okay. Let me show that. It's a fucking joke. I feel like looking at group A, that that's the easiest group of all time. You, that's uh, funny. Cloud9's uh, gonna you, cut through that like a too. knife through hot butter. What about that season three group? That okay, that, SKT, that was... it was like six teams. It was when it was groups were like six teams. So. Yeah, I, I mean the modern era, which is like <laughs> 2014 and onwards, when they, they basically adopted the four group format. Yeah, you know, people were pointing out other ones, and there's definitely groups that have worse teams in them. And I don't mean to say that these are the worst teams ever at Worlds, but um, Jap put it pretty well on on the on the desk earlier, where he was like, "That's a group with a single top ten team in it and three non top ten teams." You know, there's been groups where there's two top ten teams, and then it's like the fifteenth and sixteenth best team, and they crush them. Kind of like Group D Worlds last year, like Hundred Thieves and G Rex were pretty far behind. It was super easy for their top two groups teams yeah. to get out. Uh, like, the battle for, for second is actually kind of close in Group B in my mind. Like, Splice wasn't super convincing. Gam and J-Team could actually all get out of that group realistically. The I like both is... those teams, too. I think yeah. Gam and J-Team are, you know, people don't really watch those regions, so they don't really know what to expect. Gam's, so they're Gam's been on like the verge. Vietnam's on the verge of a breakout for a while, so... Yeah, and Levi's back, so... Yeah, for sure, yeah. but they should prove that against two likely top 10 teams. Right now, it's like, who are they proving that against other than potentially Fun Plus, right? Like, that's the problem, is that that group... You, you should basically, hopefully, have two top top 8 teams and, and, and two not top 8 teams in each group. I, hopefully, that's what you're going for, and it, it's not always going to work, and you never know, groups are volatile and whatnot, but, like, that's a group that I look at, and I'm like... Why can the Vietnamese number one team, the LMS, was that number one team or two team? I forget. Number one. Number one team. And then the, the European third seed all get together. You know, like that's just a mishmash. And that's why I created that monstrosity of a document to highlight <laughs> why that's so ridiculous. I mean, the document's definitely did, ridiculous. Did I hype it up? Did I, hype, did I, did I get you guys bought in on this yet? How much of it also do you think is that some results just didn't go some region's way. So, like, China, for example, is sending IG, the former world champions, as their third seed, which is, like, so, you know, for a lot of other regions, if you're sending a team like that as your third seed, that's really, really good, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of people sometimes say, like, oh, the number one seed, you know, at Worlds has almost never won. Actually, the number two seed of every region almost historically, consistently outperforms the number one seed. But the problem is not that the major region's number one seeds underperform. It's that the second pool contains eight teams. You have four teams in pool one, eight teams in pool two. They treat the Chinese and Korean number two seeds as skilled in this pool system as the LMS second team. They in in the in the pools those are those are equal strength teams. Even though the you know average rankings at these international tournaments have not been as good and yeah obviously that's not an ideal system so right so yeah that's that's where i'm coming from i'm looking at this and i'm, I'm looking really the, the the lms second team is as good potentially as the korean or uh chinese second seed 
no 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 it's not that's ridiculous um and so that's why because of how pool two is created you can get these kinds of monstrosity groups that just have all bad teams in them and that's yeah. why i created the spreadsheet to highlight that because people people might say like but sometimes the lms second team has done better than the chinese third seed or something and i i, I wanted to show you average rankings which is what this monstrosity is Hang on, I hate to derail this conversation, but I've been informed that people are going into Voiboy's chat and saying we're calling him Dumpster Tier. I uh, uh, and he's that's and he's, not curr true. he's currently talking about it on his stream. So I just want to people could clip this and explain that we did not say Voiboy was Dumpster. I said he was the fourth or fifth best mid laner <laughs> at the time of his retirement in NALCS. What the fuck, guys? I'm trying to see. He's he's talking. Uh, you guys can't hear it, but. Oh, uh, actually, as we speak, he just died 1v1 in mid lane. Um, so that's... You guys distracted me by making fun of... He says I mean, for, for me, like stuff. I said, if people like Boy Boy, who, again, I complimented nice. his absolutely massive brain, want have the competitive drive to come back and represent NA as a player, like, absolutely, you know? And that goes for any content creator. Just because you become one doesn't mean that you can't regain that competitive drive and then be able to perform well, so. It's just great, because when I went to a stream, he died, and then I unmuted, and everyone's Twitch chat just heard him go, you guys distracted me by making fun of me. <laughs> okay, sorry. But, uh, Boy Boy, we love you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, t I tweeted, I said, ignore Twitch chat, Boy Boy. I said, you're the fourth best mid at time of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways... So back back to this this document. Are I you mean, ready for it? well, I was gonna say just reform uh, the the simple fix, uh, and that's something you know slow gradual format changes is something Riot's more likely to adopt. The simple fix is probably just to separate the second pool into two different pools and then be able yeah. to differentiate teams that way. I think that's completely reasonable. Uh, I think the difficulty kind and that will obviously kind of lie in uh, the winning regions uh second and third seed just how much you value that winning regions third seeds so in the case of like ig are you still going to put ig in that third pool technically you should right but also i can see an argument the other way because it's a team from a region that is so strong this year yeah yeah and i think that's that's the big part is that this is mostly about fixing pool two uh which is should be pretty easy um, so Travis, can you, can you pull that up just to show? Okay. So there are, <laughs> I just want to warn everyone. I, I've been told that a lot of you use dark mode or night mode. This is going to burn Myself your corneas. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to burn your corneas. So everybody Wait, can put I, your, can I change this to night mode somehow? Is there a way put, to change put this? On flux. Put on flux. Put on your movement sunglasses. Hashtag ad. Wait, is there no way to change Google docs to night mode? No. Okay. Here we go. Mode. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey. <gasps> And you know what, callers, if you have your own spreadsheets, if you want to talk about group stage and how you would fix it, you know, absolutely, let's go. Jesus, right, what are you doing? So I don't like how much you talk to our callers. <laughs> yeah, stop putting ideas in their head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move a bunch of this stuff out of here just so no one gets distracted, okay? So... Uh, what I've done here is at the top, you see I have 2018, 2017, 2016. This is only using world's placings. I think using uh, Rift Rivals placing 
or excuse me, MSI placings is a bit of a bad idea because you only get to see the top team from each region. So like, ah, yeah, the Team Liquid 1C was, was close to this team or, you know, like the Vietnamese team or what happened with TSM before, right? And then like, you're not actually seeing the regional strength. You're seeing that one team in that one situation. Uh, whereas Worlds, you know, you actually have multiple teams from regions competing, which helps. So this is, you know, like, let's say NA's first, second, and third seeds. The, the left column is all seeds. The uh, rows are the years and then their placings. And so you'll see some 0.5s and stuff like that and 14.5s. Those are when all the teams finish, like, third in their group. They, they all got, got around, Shout. like, a 13 or 14. Shout out to the NA third seed right there, holding it down. Yeah, NA third seed, this is Cloud9. All three of these placements are Cloud9 are literally saving the fuck out of North America. <laughs> so, so lower number is better. Right, so lower number is better. This is like golf. If So if you look at like the years Korea won, they got two teams in the finals twice, first and second. Um, and you see that puts their, you know, averages really low. So, you know, this would be their average for 2016 between their three seeds. Here's their uh, for 2017 would be here. Um, and then here's 20, 2018. Korea sucked in 2018. Uh, China actually technically was better because uh, Vitality holding it down, but you can see Europe's very top-heavy and very good at, with the second and third seed. I included three years just for a little bit more extra data. Theoretically, you could argue two years, while more volatile is more accurate to the present day, which okay. is fine. I, ju I just use three either way. Um, but I wanted to highlight, more importantly, the LMS. These motherfuckers haven't got a team out of groups in Worlds for three years in a row. Additionally, they're almost always tied for last, especially last year. They had two teams. Their um, MSI performances in those past years were okay, right? They still got other groups at MSI. And it stuff. happened once since 2016. Yeah. Sorry, why is the why is the 2016 field empty for? Oh, they, they only had two have... seeds. Yeah, 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 okay, sorry, they only sorry. had two seeds, and then Vietnam. Technically, they were Southeast Asia here, but it was a Vietnamese team. Uh, yeah. But they didn't exist in 2016. So I used. That's I used there's a hashtag div. Yeah, don't divide by zero, everybody. Um, so if you look at like average placings, you know the best Vietnamese team, or excuse me, LMS team over the last three years has basically been slightly better than our worst seed over the last three years, which is our second seed for some reason. Um, right. So not great look. Uh, and even if you look at the average regional strength, you know, it's 14.1 versus 9.2 as a placing, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty crazy. They don't even have, like, one good team holding them down anymore at Worlds. That doesn't happen for the most part. Uh, compared to, you know, like, Korea, pretty much, you know, almost always good. So if you rank these teams by order of, let's say, just how well their seeds perform, you get this. Oh, that wasn't right. Hold on. <laughs> there we go. All right, so Korea's the best from the previous three years, though it's obviously changing a lot in the last year, then China, then then Europe, North America actually, you know, kind of kind of far behind, uh, then Vietnam by a massive amount, then LMS actually as, as a regional whole. But then if you break it down by, like, how many seeds are doing well. So Korea has, you know, their second seed averages the best at third, and then China is actually really close. Then Europe, and then actually North America, their their best seed ties with Korea's second best seed, which is their, uh, and that's oh, basically Cloud9. 
Yeah, it's basically Cloud9. Cloud9, Nine, Cloud9 Nine performs on average as good as Korea's second team. That's why yeah. they became second seed this year, so they could raise the average of the second seed score. That makes so much sense now. Yeah. Thank you, Cloud9. Yeah. Yeah, Cloud9 is just, just basically holding it down for us. Uh, but you'll basically see it's Korea, China, some European, North American teams, more Korean and Chinese teams, uh, and then, you know, some more Europe and North American teams. Wait, and then... NA number one. <laughs> I love that yeah, NA North number Americans... one. <laughs> don't, don't look at NA, all right? Yeah. Like I said, we're struggling. But then it, it's not until the 12th team. On average, LMS is like the 12th. The, their best team is the 12th best team in the tournament which is not getting out of any group. And then North America happens, then Vietnam happens, and then LMS 2 and 3 come in. Treating these teams as equal to Korea and China's number two seeds is, is insanity. You're treating the worst performing members of group stage as well as top eight teams based off using the pool two system that we currently have. Well, you've made your point, but we lost all our viewers in the process. So I hope <laughs> we I hope have the it same was amount of viewers. Okay, we have to change the pool system. It's it's absolutely a joke to treat these guys. Okay, Yoko, calm down, buddy. Don't jump on my keyboard. That's crazy. It's it's absolutely a joke to treat them that way. Um, yeah, I do think there will be some LMS reckoning in 2020 beyond them, you know, losing their league. Uh, as we I, know yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the sad part is I'm kind of railing against them right now as yeah. they're already in one foot in the grave. But I do think it's important to like, you know, learn from their example, right? Like we, we've given Vietnam a free seed into Worlds as a pool two team. And I'm looking at that saying, why, why are we doing that exactly based off historical precedence? I know they had a good MSI that kind of we, we did that for a little bit. But now that we've done it for a little bit, Maybe they should be going through planes. I don't know. I think it's worth talking about. Um, and then the final thing I put back into the document, which is the far right part uh, on that side, is what the pools would look like if you actually just placed their uh, slot rankings across pool one. So pool one actually still, believe it or not, thanks to the power of Cloud9, creates a really nice first pool. Korea one, China one, Europe one, North America. Technically, that's North America three, but you can't. You can't really build the system assuming the third North American team is always going to be their <laughs> we best. We automatically seed Cloud9 into the number one pool because <laughs> yeah. uh, we know that they are the most valuable part of North America's lineup. Yeah, realistically, you can't do that. But what you can say is that whoever is the best performing team of North America, on average, doesn't actually actually performs decently well um, and can be in a pool one team. Pool two, then, is entirely comprised of the rest of Europe and China, or Korea and China. Now, like I said, this is slightly, you know, wait. I, I didn't wait 2016 any different than 2018. So this is obviously a little bit out of date if you're using 2016 data. But realistically, Pool 2 should entirely subsist of Chinese, Korean, and European teams, right? And then Pool 3 is, is maybe when you would start seeing LMS show up. Their, their you, Pool 1 seed. Mark, do you think, uh, I guess I, I want to ask the viewers this too, do you think that this gets the best quality world's product in the knockout stage because obviously with these groups in mind the way that you segment the rest of korea and china into one pool you know those teams could potentially be knocked out before the knockout stages because the quality of each group is higher right so do you actually get the best product right entertainment product out of these groups uh as a result of this i think it's one of those things where 
a lot of it comes down to what you're actually trying to do with worlds. Um, yep. If the idea of worlds is we're going to find the absolute best team while showcasing a lot of other teams, then these groups aren't great for that because there's a chance, you know, Vietnam never makes it through and LMS is only showing one team uh, potentially or whatever. Um, and it becomes very much basically a top four region tournament probably. Uh, so I can understand, you know, if, if that's their perspective, then this isn't really something they're going to want to do. But you can still use this information to, to create better pools because underneath that, I did it in a way that would hopefully help them a little bit, which is saying, like, you can't create a pool with more than one team from a region in it. So that works, obviously, already for pool one. But then for pool two, you would have to say, okay, yeah, the Korean second and third seed is in there, but the sec third Korean seed has to get kicked down to pool three. And you can, you can still create a better system this way because then Vietnam is, is playing in play-ins. Um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that LMS gets three seeds. That's that's what creates a lot of the, the problems with this right now. Mm -hmm. um, if they just if we just only gave them two seeds and had an extra wild card team playing in, then you can kind of I think uh, do it a lot better. But I think moving to they have to move to pool to three a four pool system in the future. I think using only three pools and pool two having eight teams in it is is a disaster. I definitely think that's the minimum they can do. And I think a good alternative as well, if they really are stubborn about it, is to make it so that pool three is the team with eight teams. If they're really stubborn about that True. in particular, uh, like having that like big block, uh, I think that would be a way to make things more fair as well. well the, the At least more fair than is this, the system. By the way, is this still is. a Colin show? Yeah, so I, that was. That's all on you guys. That's not. <laughs> I told you. I, I think like. I have a lot of data, and I'm sure someone would call in and say these groups are dumb. So rather than wait to someone say the groups are dumb, now you've seen the data, Twitch chat, about how, actually. I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know how well they've seen it uh, because <laughs> you have to full screen that on a pretty big screen monitor in order to, uh, you know, like a 34 inch Alienware monitor. There you go, Twitch chat. I put it. I put it in a in in there you can't edit it don't try but you can at least pull up the data can you make like a, a bitly with like mark z data or something so that we can people can look it up if they're listening no. to podcasts and if oh, we're, i if see we're why gonna, yeah if we're gonna be, into that if we're gonna be like radical about tournament format changes like a lot of people are <laughs> we need to move on just say your bit go double eliminate a lot of people are pro double elimination and i've heard a lot of ideas revolving around just throwing even more teams into plans and just having it be just a complete bloodbath uh to to get whoever out so i mean there, there's lots of different options i'd love to hear them all i'd love to talk and debate about them oh, all yeah. with you guys but as well the callers I mean, my problem with the caller suggested tournament format changes are almost always like, let's break the entire thing and rebuild it. Here's my plan. Whereas this was just like, I just want to add another pool to our existing system. <laughs> so like, I'm always hesitant when they're like, it's a double elimination, 32 team system. It's like, that's not. <laughs> what if we just take the 10 best teams from every region and put them into an international tournament? We just well, parachute them down. Can't wait to get Last to our calls, standing. but first, I want to I'm, talk I'm, about I'm pulling callers now. You our do a plug sponsor. And then the rest of the show will be callers, okay? Sorry, Maybe. callers. I deprived you of, of your ability to call in. Mark, Mark, explain how the call thing works, and then we'll go to an end. All right. If you've never seen the show, but sat through that for some reason... And I don't you. know why you would. Uh, this is actually a call-in show, despite what you might think. I'm spamming Discord link into the Twitch chat. Go ahead and join up there. Most of you guys are already in here. Pretty full Discord tonight. 
uh, go ahead and join one of the voice channels once you join the Discord. Mute yourself once you're there. And then go into Pub Topics and type what it is you want to talk about. If we like your take, I will pull you from that voice channel into the uh, waiting room where you'll hang out until it's your turn to uh, join us. And then I'll do a quick mic check, make sure you're still working, and then pull you into the on-air room. Okay. I want to give a shout out to a special someone, actually a special company. That company is Alienware. They're our sponsor for this show. Our first break, our first sponsor shout out for the evening goes to Alienware. Boy, am I glad that Alienware is around because I got to tell you guys, I just had a conversation. I've just, I've been pricing out the world's stuff. I, it is really expensive to go to Europe for a very long period of time. And Broden charges a lot. And I would be destitute if it wasn't for Alienware coming in and supporting <laughs> and sponsoring uh, my world's coverage. It is it is ex incredibly expensive. Um, and so I, I just want to give a big shout out to them. Uh, you can go check out their stuff over at Alienware.com slash Travis. Um, Actually going to through that link and uh, I'll put it in the chat right now actually helps me out a ton because they keep an eye on, you know, how many people are going through and checking out the stuff and, and they care about, Hey, look, is Travis, Travis's audience, like checking out the new 55 inch OLED gaming monitor that's on our website or the new laptops or the new desktops or any of the deals that we're doing, their new peripherals. Um, that stuff is incredibly helpful. Um, and, and so you guys doing that helps me out and them doing this helps me out. And so really this ad is all about helping me out. Somebody says $400 flights. Nope. Nope. This is the, this is the problem that I had, uh, to, was it last, last year when I went to Europe for MSI, people all think it's cheap because they go find this one random flight from like Pennsylvania at a certain time with three layovers on a very questionable airline that I couldn't bring my expensive camera equipment on and check and feel pretty confident about it. And they say, Travis world should cost you $3 and 50 cents, but it doesn't, it costs thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to cover this stuff. And Alienware makes it all possible. So thank you so much to Alienware. Um, and I'm hoping Mark Z does not send me a new invoice for hotline link anytime soon. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I can wait till after worlds, but you know, it's going to be a bigger number. That interest just racks up, you know? Oh, I should charge interest. <laughs> you don't, it's your fault you don't send the invoice. It's not like I've... <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you for the, the Twitch subs as well, by the way, because that actually does help. And I am, I am going to be trying to stream... Oh, so, okay, by the way, I sometimes... I just wanted to give a shout out to this. Sometimes people um, in in the Twitch chat when I do these ads like to talk about how expensive Alienware stuff is. Obviously, like if you're buying a 50, and by the way, I'm going completely off script. Alienware has not told me to talk about this at all. But obviously, if you're you're buying something that's a really premium product, like the 55-inch OLED gaming monitor that's 4K, that's insane uh, that you're you're going for something so crazy. I, I'm sure that the price is going to be a little bit more than like the 20-inch the monitor that you want because you're getting this amazing product, right? But constantly... Because the funny thing is, is that because I've looked up Alienware and like Google knows that I like Alienware is constantly feeding me all these like deals on Alienware stuff. And there are some really great deals that they, they have on their website. I mean, people think that 
It's going to cost... By the way, this is everyone's fault. We, the ad could have ended, but people were saying they're so expensive. You can go get... like Their, their base desktop right now is $819. Obviously, you might want to upgrade some stuff over time, but if you look at their stuff and you... They always run deals, by the way. Travis 10 off gets you 10% off as well. Like you can get stuff for really good prices. Um, quite frankly, and they're they're constantly running deals and sales and all that stuff. So just look if if you think that this stuff is going to cost you more than you think, you know you should go check it out and actually see the prices for yourself because you might be surprised, especially when you add some discount codes. That 55 inch monitor is like just big enough to fit that world's group draw spreadsheet we just saw too. Yes, exactly, so. exactly. If yeah. you're watching this, does <laughs> Alienware make printers? I want to print it out. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. Mark is off grabbing our first caller. First victim. Let's yes, do it. Exactly. Are you in LA still, Invert? Yeah, so I'll actually be going to Europe myself. I'll be going to Madrid and Paris uh, to spectate semis and finals. So oh, that nice. should be fun. Yeah. Labuda is here. Labuda, you've been on the show before, right? Labuda is here. Labuda, you've been on the show before, correct? Labuda. You're a person <laughs> who's been on the show before. No, he, wait, wait, you can't hear him? Because I can hear him. I can hear him. I can't hear him. I, oh, can't hear him. I cannot. Okay. Discord is uh, incredible. I think I think uh, Mark pulled in a fake caller so that no, he can no, continue to talk Labuda. with just Labuda. us. Yeah, 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 you're maybe, fine. They're, maybe they drag him out and you. drag him back in. I can, yeah, I will, Travis. Let me just tell him. Can you uh, press like the disconnect hang up button on Discord so you leave and, and then come back and I'll pull you back on? I turned him up, but still can't. No, he, that's not the problem. Sometimes yeah. Discord does this. I just need to see where he rejoins. He's in pleb calls too. I'll pull him. Out. All right, there he goes. You got, I got him. Hello. I, is that is this any better? Yes. That's wild. I didn't do anything. I just like Mark is yep. and I couldn't. Discord. Discord. Cool. Welcome. Is Discord heading towards Skype uh, territory? Labuda, welcome to the show. You've been on the show before, correct? Uh yes, sir. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Illinois. Illinois. Well, thanks for being a Twitch sub. It's really appreciated. Uh, do you? What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So my hot, I don't know if it's a hot take necessarily, for your Twitch chat it might be, but my take is pretty much that uh, there's a pretty decent chance that NA might just not get any teams out of group at all. Yeah, I, oh, I don't God. know if this is, do we, first off, do the three of us think this is a hot take? Because I actually don't, by the way, I'm not calling you out, but I think it's an interesting discussion. Is this a hot take or not? I don't think it is. This is, this is a refrigerated take. It's not yeah. quite frozen, but it's, it's a little cold. That this take was like eaten for dinner and the rest is in leftovers in the fridge. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, like... so do we, okay. I feel like I would give it a 50, 50 right now that none of the teams make it out of groups. Um, I'm I think curious... that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Like for me, we don't know what Griffin's going to show up. Uh, clutch is in a very difficult group that we talked about previously. And I don't and... know what TL is going to show up. And we don't know what TL is going to show up, nor what, uh, IG, IG. is going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. Because the IG that people think of when they think of uh, the World Championship, uh, you know, that was a very different IG compared to LPL Summer, the playoffs and the gauntlet. Obviously, the gauntlet, they picked it up. Uh, they had a really pretty good gauntlet run with their new jungler, uh, similar to what we saw in North America, but a little more successful. Uh, but yeah, their new jungler was clicking pretty well by the tail end of it. So we'll see how much that extra practice uh, with... Uh, land will be so well 
Labuda, sorry, um, I, I don't know if Invert stole your fire just now, but why why do you think that, or why do you think there's a good chance they're not going to make it out of groups? Well, I think he pretty much nailed it too, but I was pretty much mostly here because I see a lot of these like ridiculous takes, especially on C9, where it's just a bunch of NA fanboys just drooling on themselves. Like, oh, you know, C9, they always perform well, you know, in groups, they always show up at Worlds, but like they're facing the EU number one team, probably a top two region, and then the other top two region, Korea, their number two team. Like, these are really, really good teams. And I think we just kind of have this, like, fantasy about, you know, C9 running it like they normally do. And I, I like C9 a lot. Like, I think they're a really Labuda. good team. But I don't think they're going to run it through this team. Labuda, and... did, you, did you see my spreadsheet? <laughs> I, think, I think... I did. They played Not... against EDG and <laughs> SKT in a group before, and they got out. They played against G and... RNG and got out, you know. And wh why did that happen though? Because they're a great team and they'll continue to be a great team. <laughs> and just like EDG choked and Gen G choked, exactly. There you go. Do you, but Griffin, do we think Griffin and G2 are going to choke somehow? What somehow it's going to happen? Think, no, uh... because these are these are top top tier teams with probably. If you look across the board, all these team, all these players, if you compare them like G2 to C9 and Griffin to C9, they're just all individually a lot better going against C9, right? And so I, I, Okay, I get that they can, you know, the whole choke factor can show up again, but this is this is Griffin losing to SKT choking. Like this is, you know, the faker team and G2 doesn't choke. They, you know, they go to game 5s. They went down what three or they went down 2-0. They went down 2-1 against Fnatic like they they don't it, they don't show that pressure affects them very much, right? Like EDG uh, had an AK gold lead and somehow lost to yeah. SKT. Exactly. Yeah. Again, who'd they lose I to? Think, SKT. I think, yeah. I think you guys have to think about two things, too. And, and this I'm, is I'm something that... Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, you know, uh, when we talk about C9 specifically, their group is so interesting because Griffin does not have a great pedigree of performing in, under really high-pressure circumstances, right? I agree. I agree. And, as well as that, they don't have a coach anymore. Right, or rather, they may have some sort of makeshift uh, substitute for that. Uh, but you know, CV Max is gone. So all of that to say is like things are set up really well. You know, from the outside looking in, for C9 to to do something and to be kind of the a really to have a really good chance of getting out of their group. Right? What was the last time Griffin even won like a best of five? I think it was like. 3-1 against Gen G or something crazy right, like it was, that. It was right before FKG. Summer, summer last yeah. last uh, not gauntlet even last yeah. summer's playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So again, high pressure situations. Not really Griffin's forte. Group world's group stage. Pretty high pressure pressure situation overall. You're doing it without the coach who brought you from Challengers Korea all the way up to where they are now. Uh, you know, we'll we'll have to see. Griffin is like the complete fucking unknown to this we have no idea how that team is going to perform once they step on that stage and you know that could be to c9's benefit or detriment if that team comes out swinging too right so we just don't fucking know and the thing is i'm, I'm mostly just attack like mark said he was trolling but that's this is pretty much how twitch chat and reddit sounds they think that like because we're at world's groups and that all the previous years C9 was showing up that for some reason they're going to show up this year. Like, I get the whole Griffin thing, and I honestly think the the coach leaving might actually come out as a positive for them because I was reading about it, how there was just so much internal pressure and so much 
back and forth, like pull and tug, that, that actually might be better for them to get rid of the distraction and maybe help the players perform better overall. And I think the thing with G2 to remember as well, um, you know, I, 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 I'm with you that I don't think it will happen, but there is the right elements for it to happen, like, you know, invert covered with, with Gen, uh, excuse me, uh, Griffin, but also G2 went five and five at groups uh, at MSI, you know, and people really hype, hype them up for good reason. They are really good, but they dropped games to Feng Vu, they dropped a game to Team Liquid, uh, they dropped both games to IG. They beat SKT, which was kind of their, like, twice pretty badly, which was their big reason people were hyped on them coming out of group stage. Um, and they are a really good team, and then they beat SKT in a best of five. But in a best of one setting, they have dropped games before. Um, and it's possible that they drop one versus C9. And then they 2-0, um, you know, Griffin. And, and then Griffin drops one to C9, and then all of a sudden C9 picked up enough wins to get out like it's it's not impossible i i do think also and this is like panning to another group like we talk about c9 but i think tl's in like not a terrible position either you know they're dealing with obviously a tough opponent in ig um but you know they have a really really strong core literally like core jj is one of the best supports i've ever fucking seen like this guy is really nuts he's probably the best support uh, ever to show up in North America. Uh, honestly, what this guy does is absolutely insane. But yeah, I I think we we shouldn't be like sleeping on TL. We don't know how this TL will uh, perform in this group, but they have a pretty decent international pedigree with how they did at M MSI. So if they're as prepared as they were uh, previously, we should uh, see that again. The other night. See? Kelby and I were playing Borderlands 3. And, How is that? Uh, it's pretty good. Travis, we're running it, out of time. It was 3 a.m. It was 3 a.m. in Europe. And I just saw in the corner of the screen, Pootery Pong has received, has unlocked this achievement. And that was when my hopes in North America went away. Come back, everyone. Sorry. So Peter Pang has been playing a lot of Borderlands 3. It, it was their day off. Uh, and you gotta Travis, keep in touch we... with the new girlfriend somehow. So I guess Borderlands is the way you do it. Let's 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 go to another caller. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I... you so much. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Labuda, for the call. I hope I hope you're wrong, but I worry that you're right. Oh no, I do too. I really hope. I want to see. I like to see all three of them come out. That'd be sick. But you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Thanks. All three would be quite something. That'd yeah. be sick. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Mark is off grabbing the next caller. We haven't had a chance to shout out too many of our subs, which I will remedy right now. Uh, just a second. Thank you to folks who have gifted subs. Um, and as I said, Worlds is expensive, so it's actually really nice when you guys are doing this because I also have to pay Mark for several episodes of Hotline League, and I am going to go bankrupt. Um, <clears throat> thank you to Abijah1225, Mandrake Root, Jman. Jamanda Gamer, uh, Invader Zim, 16 C Money, Insulin Shots, Catherine, King of Seas, Omega Diamond Zinc for 19 months, Punopoly, great name, 13 months, Malding, Mike for 15, and Derek for four. We've got our next caller here, Mario Sunshine. Can I hear you? Hello. Okay, can you great. hear me? Yes, we can. We uh, can. Where are you calling from? Baltimore, Maryland. Ma Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, and what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? 
I want to talk about how there's a chance that this year's Worlds, that China really booms out after they had a really successful last year's Worlds. And Ch you said China will boom out? Yeah. Okay. Pull boom out of the Worlds. Yeah, they'll get one team out in quarters, and the other two won't even make it out of groups. Okay. Uh, this is a, an interesting take. Uh, by the way, how many of us have seen the video of Yankos looking like he's about to cry while laughing about their scrims versus... Some, well, I think it was just the Korean teams, right? But maybe it was also the, the Chinese teams? Oh, man. I, I mean, everyone does that when they're... When they're scrimming other people, they overplay the situation one way or another. Mark, did you right? see this video, by the way? Yeah, I saw saw them. I just I was... have no thoughts on them. He's just trolling. You yeah. think so? I, that I mean, seemed he's... really realistic. He was just like... He looked like he was suffering from PTSD. Yank Yankos is a good actor, dude. I've seen him in enough stuff that I'm, I'm believing he can pull that off if he needs <laughs> to. Okay. Uh, all right, so, so why do you think China is going to bust her out of groups? Uh, with, with the exception so, of one that gets into quarters. So, Fun Plus obviously gets it out. But the other two teams, one is that since this is the first year that not every team uh, boot camped in Korea in the same place, they have, like, there's a really good chance that EU has, like, all these, like, weird picks and that, like, there's a very distinct meta between, like, the Western teams that uh, scrimmed in Europe and the Eastern teams that scrimmed in, like, China and Korea. And so they could, like, if they happen to just like not be prepared for what the western teams would pull out they could really catch the last supplies and go uh and just surprise them best of ones as well as if you look at what the groups that ig and rng have rng have skt and Fnatic, two like really strong teams and like rng is while they're playing well could like resort back to just like defend the uzi comps and which might not work in this situation as well as then you look at ig which could completely flunder. They're very similar to Genji last year, where they were the defending world champions. They looked bad in summer, but then pretty good in Gauntlet, and then come Worlds, they were just back like they were in summer, and IG could very easily do the same thing. Uh, so, so, yeah, very, very reasonable. Yeah, I, I mean... I'm... Oh, go ahead. I know, I was gonna let you go, because I don't, I don't actually have too much to add to it. Um, I mean, you know, I said... I don't think RNG really could, you know, I, I was pretty strong on the opinion earlier on that I think RNG has a lot of exploitable weaknesses in this group in particular. Uh, I got flamed for that, I guess, in chat, and now people are like, yeah, that's a reasonable take. RNG could totally not make it out of groups. But yeah, so I I mean, generally, I, I think you're right. I think Damwon showed a lot of good strengths uh in the play-in stage they said they weren't performing up to their best uh i can agree with that based on what i've seen uh and so they could play spoiler to someone like ig who maybe haven't found their form with their new jungler and yeah for me i think rng the group they're in has so many good bot lanes that you kind of have to look at their top side and see are they really better than the top side of Fnatic or skt and you know uh, they have they have to prove that I ca I can't really say that that's the case based on what I what I've seen from them in the LPL. Even though I think Shaohu uh, is a really really good mid laner, and I think he plays particularly well on that team. So yeah, I think it's totally reasonable to say that the only team that gets out of groups is Fun Plus. Does that mean that they'll bust her out in quarters? Uh, 
you know, I think Fun Plus is really, really, really strong, kind of underrated a bit because they're in such an easy group. I could see them, uh, you know, having a really good run uh, depending on their quarters and semis matchup. Yeah, I think that's... Um... I almost feel like I'm more confident on Fun Plus winning a best of five, depending on matchup, than I am about um, some of these other teams getting out of their group. I think IG is the closer one for me between the two. I'm, I'm with you that I think... Uh, I mean, Fnatic, I, I'm a little concerned about topside, Pupo uh, and stuff, but like... Even then, RNG is, is somewhat similar, uh, where they don't they don't help laying out too much. So, I think they could um, get out RNG, but I would still pick SKT and Fnatic. And then IG, I think it really depends on on how good they are and whether or not they're kind of shooting themselves in their own foot. I still, you know, just because I'm nervous about TL, <laughs> kind of think that it's somewhat likely that they get out. But after yeah, that, like. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of yeah. avoided talking about TL when I was talking about IG because I was saying Damwon could play spoiler, but like, yeah, that that group has three teams that could reasonably take the two spots, and I could see IG just being the one left out. Whether that means Damwon's for Damwon is first or TL is first, just like three teams, two spots, and IG is looking on form. Uh, you know, kind of the weaker of the three right now. Yeah, but I think Fun Plus would beat IG if they got out the two seed, or or Damwon if they got the two seed. Uh, them versus Griffin, I think, is an interesting matchup. But I think Fun Plus could probably beat um, Fnatic if Fnatic's the two seed and SKT's the one seed, which is how I would if I was like you know doing my own pools. Pools, I think that would be. So I think mm-hmm. you know Fun Plus, I actually have them beating two out of three of their potential third third place matchups, Damwon and IG even. Um, Griffin, like I said, is 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 tough for me, but then I think they'd be fanatic. So yeah, in that sense, I actually think Fun Plus, if they do get out first and they're and they look as good as I think they're going to look, then they they should make semis. Um, yeah, I agree. Travis, what do you think? Um, is China doomed this year? No, I'm going to take the opposite stance. I think China's going to come out swinging. I think people are sleeping on China, and I think that they're going to come out and be really strong. I think. So then, who gets? Do they all get out? Is that coming out strong? All three get out. I think. I think yes, I do. That's my take. This, this is not we haven't done like official group predictions maybe i need to do official group predictions <laughs> but like you're gonna say call, it now and then a week later it's gonna be completely for this different. call yes because i i actually just i think people are underrating them i think ig is going to come out really strong because they and they'll want to beat team liquid and that's gonna they're gonna supercharge up and they'll come out probably first or second in that group i think tl so then in group C, who doesn't get out? In group C, uh, Fnatic. Okay. <sighs> Travis takes one trip to China and suddenly... So, he's, so yeah. you're saying it's going to be... Uh, Travis, you're saying it's going to be Clutch and Royal never give up? Is <laughs> yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, yes. okay. Just Tan- so we get that on the record. It is Tanner time. It is Tanner time. Yeah. And I do... I feel sorry for Faker because they've been hyping up his return with like that Phoenix song and all that stuff. But I definitely feel as though he's doomed um he's gonna get clapped by tanner and that's gonna be 
the rise of Phoenix is actually about North American midlaners. All right. North American midlaners have been failing for a while on the international stage. And now we're back with DeMonte and we're, it's time for North American, North America to rise in the mid lane. Do you guys think it's really weird that uh clutch has been pretty consistent in banning Kiana in their game so far? I think that's pretty strange. I don't know. I don't think Lyra plays it. If I had to guess, yeah, that could that could be why that is. They can't flex it, but I I do think it was a pick that was like emerging for them. That it's pretty interesting that they don't put the onus on the other team to target them with that ban. Hey, while we're doing predictions, uh, and I don't know if we have a call on this, but I'm guessing we don't. Who do you guys think gets out of Group B alongside Fun Plus? Uh, I think J Team is actually not terrible. So, and we don't know. I mean, if Gam does the same like lane swap stuff that Loki did in the Damwon game to take like a couple best of ones or, or like similar strats, you know, uh, I could see that. But I think J Team, I'm like Fofo Gang. I think he's he's really, really good, but the rest of that team needs to really pick it up for them to get second. Yeah, Twitch chat's going wild for Gam. I think Splice, I'm, I'm having a hard time placing them because. Oh, I, I have a whole splice rant ready, man. Uh, oh, I, well, I don't think we're getting a splice caller, so this might be <laughs> before, but I, before you get what your rant, I was just going to say, I think a lot of people are going to go hard on them for getting, you know, going, getting pushed to five versus YOL, but I was relatively impressed with YOL, so I don't know how much I, I look down on splice for that. So, I don't know. If, it's, it's a toss-up for me. I really don't have a strong opinion, sadly. I'd coin flip or roll dice. Let me tell you guys about Splice. We're about to get real in the weeds, detail oriented right now. I'll okay, fire this to... off really quickly. Yeah, really quickly. I think Splice, uh, if you can look at game one of UOL, where they had full control and they just dropped the ball in so many instances. So their mm -hmm. weak side is terrible. They four man dive bot, great play. Then Vizzy Chachi gets caught on weak side for no fucking reason at all. And so, like, they have these decent ideas early, but they have no idea how to cover themselves on the other side. So that's really fucking bad. And then the second thing is they their Herald control in that same game uh, and general neutral, neutral objective control leaves a lot to be desired where they get to the objective second even when they're ahead. So Xerse is, like, basing with two pinks, doesn't even drop a pink on Herald, lets UOL get Herald for free after be down down like 3-4k, fucking ridiculous. And then they also start Baron on these absolutely awful times. Like, they, it's like a 34-minute Baron, and they're just starting it. I think they have some serious nerves issues. Uh, I think they have really... It's really weird because they have really good stats at 15 minutes, so you, you know these detail-oriented things, you wouldn't see it. But then they just drop the ball, and their average game time is like over a minute uh, compared to the other teams that got a, out of play-ins. It's so crazy. But I, I don't know. I think Kabe is really good. I think he's him and Cody are really great ADs, and they were probably the best ADs out of plans. Um, but man, Splice just need to get together when it comes to pay, paying attention to either their weak side, like defending Vizzy Chachi or the bot lane if they make a play on the other side. Uh, those players need more awareness. Uh, and as well as that, they really need awareness around those neutral objectives, especially, you know, you know, not pinking the neutral objectives, that's fucking unacceptable for a world's caliber team. So So you're on the opposite end of the spectrum then. If I'm on <laughs> yeah. one end of wanting to forgive their their ill 
ill-looking uh, best of five. Yeah, so, it's cra crazy. I don't think what they showed was necessarily great. I think the two things that I'm, I'm giving them more credit for is, one, I don't think UOL was quite the dumpster fire some of these other teams were. Like, uh, I think even though Loki took a game off Dam 1, that was almost exclusively off that bullshit lane swap. Um, that was pretty remember. crazy, though. But I, yeah, I thought they almost, the... they almost lost that game after everything went right. Like, they, like that's how bad I think Loki was. Is somehow they took <laughs> a, a, like a free fucking win and almost threw it. Um, yeah, they gave up Infernal for like a plate off top. So I think they like fucked up the assignments after. But I, I think the general idea where they got the the swap bot after and got all five plates, like that was well, especially how much of it like perfectly went to Tristana against a team that that has to just physically fucking run into you. And then yeah. they, they get flanked crazy, and like the Shasana dies without flashing or ulting, like all the things oh, that went yeah. wrong to, to lose that game. I mean, they greeted really hard for that mid tower because they got Harold, and then they immediately tried to get like all 15 plates, and they were heavy over committing, and that made yeah. the game like really easy for Dam for uh, Dam One. So. You guys know we yeah. still have a caller. So, yeah, anyways, I my, <laughs> where I was going with that was none of the other playing teams that lost looked nearly as good to me as Yoel did, and while. Uh, like you were saying, they're they're really nervous for Splice. I kind of think that too about some of these things that they're forgetting, like the pink wards and the and, and setting up their vision correctly and all that. And I'm hoping that they get the buff that it seems like some playing teams have, where they get to have these fuck ups versus UOL in a best of five, versus having them on stage for the first time versus Gam and J Team in best of ones. And so I'm yeah. hoping that some of these things get cleaned up by the time they take to the stage, and then I think. That's what makes it close for me. Not exactly everything I saw in their best of five uh, from today. Mario, uh, just to get back, is there anything, any points or anything you want anybody to address on the China uh, team front before we move on? Uh, the only thing is that I'm slightly worried from Plus just because they are a team with very little to no world experience as well as I feel like China's going to have a lot of pressure on them after their world's performance last year and especially in the number one seed, they could crack under pressure but yeah that's it yeah do not doubt the pressure that uh you know chinese fans can put it's like you know mm. immeasurably different compared to the pressure that north american teams or european teams will even face and we just meme our teams <laughs> mario any any <laughs> shout outs or anything you want to say as we move on to the next caller just that super mario sunshine is the best mario game ever made <laughs> thank, thank you for the call uh, no problem one. Okay, Mark is grabbing our next caller. Uh, shout out to Killing You Guy uh, for the 16 months. Les Schmoltz, Immortals fan, gifted a sub to Biff Sidious. Snowcone33, Wild West, Derek, uh, OPTSM fan, gifted a sub to Wrath of Khan. OMG, you ate my cookies. Hitstreak for the 10 gifts. Sally Zar, Smoke Dog, Just Jalu, Scoops, and Moro. And uh, I love you, chat, at 23 months. Ari Waddle. For 20 months, Mr. T. Nelson, 45, Quiet Pirate. Five gifted subs from Puppy. We're all caught up. We're just waiting on Mark right now. Oh, wow. We have a lot of people in the waiting room. Holy crap. He pulled a lot. I think he pulled Hell as yeah. as we normally Hell yeah. We'll just do like rapid fire. Like, I have to pack. Interruption I, I've been wait I need to move my... Uh, just stay up really washing. late and then you adjust to the time zone that much faster. Ooh, I need to pull move my laundry into the dryer. We have a lot of people in the waiting room. Okay. Ricardo, I'm, I'm welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? <laughs> I'm calling from Costa Rica. 
Costa Rica, oh, nice. Amazing. I love it when we get international callers. What would you like to talk about on the show tonight? So, how reckless is the most uh, flexible ADC on Group C? And this may give Fnatic an advantage. And it's actually what tips the scale in their favor and gets them out of the group. He's what will tip them, uh, tip the scale in their favor tips and get the them out of the group. And that's because of his flexibility, you're saying? Yeah, so uh, in the last split, uh, Reckless played Karma. That's a play that Fnatic can flex. They can also flex Corky, by the way, with uh, Nemesis. Uh, I really think that is, um, uh, yeah, this gives them an advantage. Uh, also, Garin Yumi was really big for them. I think that that, that could be like, uh, is, uh, uh, that really could be annoying to play for Uzi and Teddy, which are more like uh, classic ADC carry on late game marksmen. True. Um, I. I'm going to kick this over to Invert. <laughs> sure. I mean, for me, again, this this group is so bot lane focused that any advantage you can get, whether it's playing mage, mage bot lanes like Karma or playing the Garen Yumi, I don't, as an aside, I don't really know how strong Garen Yumi is anymore because I haven't scrimmed since the Yumi nerf, so I don't really know how effective that bot lane really is. I can say that when we played that bot lane in scrims, traditional ADs were pretty much impossible to play against uh, Garen Yumi. Uh, I remember we played uh, TL during gauntlet scrims, uh, and we just absolutely smashed them within. They just like banned it for the rest of the scrim, pretty much. So, <laughs> like, the like I said, like uh, you know, any advantage you can get in this group when it comes to bot lane will be so important for all of these teams. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing the different, like, best of one adaptations for that. Yeah, do you think that group is just, like, the bot lane group? Uh, yeah, I do, personally. Yeah, I think other than SKT with Khan a little bit, um, and even then, not that much, no one really plays that much around topside. And I, I think Clutch is probably actually the most of those teams, early game, topside focus team. Uh, Brox is pretty good about moving around more places, and SKT, you can say, is more mid-focused than bot-focused. Um, but even then, you know, a lot of the... the I don't want to say star power, because that feels kind of weird to say, but, like, a lot of the firepower of their teams come from the bot lane. RNG and Fnatic most heavily. Um, but even Teddy and uh, Cody, come late game, are, are kind of their team's focuses often. Yeah, I would also say like the highest concentration quality wise uh, too, of yeah. each role uh, comes from bot in this group. Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. And I think to the caller's point, uh, while Reckless does have, you know, what you're talking about in his favor, I'm still also a little concerned about his traditional marksman matchups versus Uzi. If I remember correctly, historically he has like absolutely abysmal stats versus him and usually has pretty poor performances some of that feels like mental blocky but i'm not sure if they've played since he's uh synced up with hilly um i think they might have done it at rift rival or excuse me msi 2018 but i think that might have been the only time they met and i don't exactly remember how that went specifically so um 
this is very vague. Everything I just said was couched with, I actually don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I'm pretty sure if someone wants to check, I think historically reckless doesn't do that great into Uzi, which is a small concern for me about even the points you're making. I mean, people feel it, it's interesting in that I, I feel like people like to say that Team Liquid's ADC is often overhyped going into Worlds, and I feel like in Europe, Reckless kind of has that same syndrome where people people claim that he's always overhyped going into Worlds and then doesn't deliver. I feel like I I, I guess you're, I, I hear people talk about how he's overhyped. It feels like he's one of those players who's just kind of doomed to be on either overhyped or like you know, God tier. Cause I think he has he's one of the most popular names. In, right. In Any, anytime you have a super popular player like double lift, when they're doing well, it's like, you were never right. He never struggled. He's always <laughs> been the best. And then when he loses, the other people come out and they're like, he was never good. They never <laughs> yeah, got yeah. that. It was caps carrying him the whole time. And you right. never get like the actual truth, which is usually in the middle ground. Well, hey, uh, Ricardo, anything that you want to say as we move on to the next caller? Uh, no, I just wanted to add that there was a Reddit post like nine days ago that Reckless is actually spamming mages in solo queue. So he's been playing a lot of Syndra, Nico, Morgana, Baker, and Oriana. And he actually is playing Mundo as well, which could be a Garen replacement to play with Yumi. So uh, mm -hmm. I think that the final against G2, where they lost to Syndra on game five, just like SKT did. Uh, change him as a player, and he may actually be expanding his champion pool. I think it's one of those... So this is... I'm a pessimist, generally. Uh, and if the meta from summer last year when no one was playing Marksman in the bot lane really wasn't enough to get him to, like, seriously commit to learning some different style. No, he literally was like, like I'm he done. has. He, he played yeah, Karma. Yeah. I, I know. He's played Karma, and he's played Garen uh, and stuff like that, but... I, I feel like often what happens is in the hyphy moments, people go back to um, comfort. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe he's made the change. You know what I'm I, really... I just feel like when it comes down to it, it'll be Kaisa, Sivir, Zaya. When um... I look forward to Worlds, I just think to myself, you know what I really want to see? Reckless on Mundo. You know, like that's the captivating <laughs> gameplay in the bot lane that I want to hey, see. Hey, if you've ever played a dodgeball in League, <laughs> yes, you, yeah, ever, just... you ever do that? Yeah, you, you go just, in the Baron pit, you put wards in the yeah. middle. They do it on the LCS broadcast. Yeah, you just Mundo Q. You're, yeah. you're going for it. So that's what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> him and, him ver Reckless versus Uzi. All right, we're <laughs> locking in Mundo right now. So it's just going to be can Uzi dodge the cleavers? <laughs> uh, Ricardo, thanks so much for calling in. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Have a good one. Same. And we got to power through these next couple of callers so that I can actually be ready to go. Doing some work today. Your boy Graf, thank you for the 14 months. Snarf051, thank you for the eight months in a row. Wait, why you wait last minute to pack? Because that's the best minute. St. Louis Slayer24 donated $15 and said, please, Travis, have me on the show. There's no hype for NA anywhere, and I want to give it some. Hey, we got hype coming right now with this caller. Ooh, hyped. Hype. Jesus. Okay, we're gonna. Sorry. You were you were at two hundred percent for some. You've oh. been on the show before, um, <laughs> and you were quiet then, but you've since gotten a better mic or solved your problem. So he's welcome. just so hyped. That's uh, why. Yeah, welcome yeah. back to the show, Sakowitz. Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Houston. Houston. Very good. Oh, no wonder we're gonna get some hype. Um, yeah. Which team are you gonna hype? Clutch Town. Okay, it's not Cl it's not Clutch Town. I'm, really? I, I want to hype TL. 
and talk about how they're going to smash Damwon in groups. Okay. So, I'm excited to hear. Break it down. All right. So, it, on paper, Damwon is almost is better individually on, on pretty point and player. Uh, I don't think anyone really has an argument for the I against would that, except that. for wait, except for Core JJ and maybe Double Lift because Core is incredible. I think, I think Double Lift is pretty clearly better than Nuclear, but okay, yeah, sorry, yeah, okay. yeah, go ahead. Um, from what we've seen from Damwon, at least their history, especially this season, um, they seem to have the G two effect where, at least right now, they seem pretty overhyped, just because. Wait, sure, you're saying G two is overhyped? No, 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 no. Well, they could be. I, I remember your you love talking about how yeah, you continue. hate continue. Sorry, I'm one of your okay. Uh, so they had that upswing towards the end of their 2019 uh, summer season, but then you know they'll make these random mistakes and they'll drop random games like the one we saw in uh, their uh, knock play in knockouts against Loki, where they lost that first game. Um, these random mistakes, especially for TL, they they don't typically happen as often. And because TL's style seems to be super consistent, um, uh, and the fact that, you know, their players aren't individually better, but their team coordination uh, seems to be, um, I think TL are just going to win over every single time. And, yeah, that's about it. People seem to forget TL's, you know, that they actually did get to finals in MSI. They are a good team. They upgraded since last year. It Sa- seems to be all good. Sakowitz, which which lane, which matchup are you most concerned about uh, as a TL like fan? What 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 are you most concerned about from Dam One? Probably mid jungle, just because Xmithy hasn't been looking super hot uh, mechanically and and in some decision recent decisions that we've um, Jensen seems to be. On, I mean, not on the decline, just like not as amazing as he seemed to be to look last year. So those that the mid jungle, two v two. Sure. Yeah, uh, I I think Canyon is, and Xmithy will be a pretty interesting matchup because I really like how uh, kind of high speed Canyon plays the game. You kind of mm-hmm. saw that with those Talia games in the play-in stage. Uh, and Xmithy, uh, you know, during summer, during most of the year, you weren't really playing those junglers in NA. Uh, so I'd love to see what the fruits of TL's practice become when you see like Nocturne, Kha'Zix, Talia. Uh, there's still some Gragas, which he's very, very good at. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to see how jungle the jungle pool works out for xmithy he was playing some zin Zhao too i don't know I feel like how... this is a really polite way of saying that you're concerned that <laughs> xmithy's not going to be able to i just haven't just seen up. enough you know i mean xmithy used I... to be the at least boy right so but i i think the other thing too is uh both niguri and impact have this tendency to drift towards the like range top laners the like klepto champs uh i think loki showed a really clever way of stopping that with like er- the early lane swap just so he doesn't mm-hmm. get any stacks or any cs or anything like that obviously i don't think tl will do anything like that but if they're gonna match like klepto with klepto and just duke it out with range top laners you know impacts rise his cannon uh they're both pretty good his vlad is very good his jace actually at the tail end of summer 
was very good. So it's just a matter of like how well those two interact on a range versus range matchup. Uh, that'll be pretty interesting. But you know, I think I think the bot lane difference between these two teams is pretty astounding. Like I do think double F core JJ is way better than nuclear and barrel. So it's just a matter of uh, you know, t- if TL, a bot-focused team, can actually exploit that and recognize that and do well. So, yeah, I think I so. that's. I'm mostly in a similar boat. Uh, I think Canyon Showmaker should get the better of Jensen and uh, uh, Smithy. I'm more concerned about the Canyon Smithy part than the Jensen Showmaker. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then the top side one's the really interesting one to me because I think Nagari's better, but I also think Smith, or excuse me, Impact's really good about playing into difficult situations um and i think that's what i'm most interested to see what happens because i I think that's the part where i'm least sure of what's going to happen yeah Um, absolutely because because he like nagari can be so greedy like the vlad cole start and stuff like that like when he wants to style on someone or like you know have his hard carry performances it feels like it's a little less smash you in lane focused which is always where you're most concerned or at least historically most concerned for impact so i feel like this could be one where impact is totally fine and it's non-issue or it's one where he's being a bit of a liability in in their game i don't know why i'm just i feel really jaded and nervous about tl um i know that they made it to finals at msi but there's just something that's making me nervous and i I honestly that probably means they've hurt you too many times before yeah possibly possibly. (laughs) but i Honestly, the funny thing is, and I know that this is like kind of a shitty way of going about it, but I do almost feel like if there's just a lack of hype for TL, that they'll just show up and crush everything. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, so, it, it's, it's already just, a lack of hype. It's no, just gamblers. I mean. It's gamblers' fallacy type stuff, right? Like yeah. you're looking at the previous results with completely different, you know, not completely different, mostly different rosters, and you're just seeing like oh, well, I'm going to buy transitive property, put it over to this team. But this team is very different than the previous TL. You know, the support has, uh, you know, is a lot smarter about the game, and you could see that in international competition. Uh, and so I think that makes, like, a really big difference. The thing uh, that they, they both deal with, though, is that they both have to spend most of their year in North America. Uh, both both rosters. And that's that is my concern, right? It's just I always worry. I don't know how Cloud Nine does it. That's fucking crazy. But I just I worry that we've spent so like looking so much at seeing how the first seed fails over yeah, and over again. Seed, you look at Mark's. Hang on, where's the spread? I can't pull the spreadsheet it's up. It's not even just be. North America. Every single first seed is outdone by at least one other, aside for the LMS. Either uh, their second or third, ranking. yeah. Either the second or third, and sometimes both. Mm-hmm. So I don't. At what point in time does it not become gamblers' fallacy? Because it's like that. We just there's there's clearly something in the water for the first seeds. I mean, not really. Like if you can't, I'm one of those people who like, ooh, the math says this, and it's like, okay, explain it. And if you can't, I'm just gonna be like, well, I don't. I really don't think you could explain it. I mean, a lot like, of the first, yeah, seed, exactly. A lot of those first seed. You know, like summer finals typically are best of fives, and they co- go to the game five, and the game five could have technically, like I, I wouldn't have been surprised if Cloud Nine won and got first seed. Would you have? Yeah, I think that's that's fair, and some of it comes down to how the groups happen. Like, uh, 
there was there was the year that um for europe uh h h2k got to semi right. and that like if you look at their you know second seed performance it's like wow that's that's crazy and that helped bump that number down and stuff like that so i think <laughs> when you really dig into the weeds there's some other stuff going on and and i think you make a good point um sakowitz about it's not like first and second in most of these regions are like whoa one's way better you know no one I, no one wants to hype teal because no one wants to get hurt again i actually think that's why like yeah I, I think you should be actually i think everyone should be proud of tl coming into this and they should be pretty optimistic and positive i think it's a really strong first seed that we're sending uh and they have a group with the potential to get out and we should be supportive of that but everyone's just really fucking scared because we're na and you know we have we have, we we just need to have confidence in ourselves as a region uh and be able to support uh our teams that we're sending because they are our three best teams and we should be uh cognizant of that and be proud to support that so that's pretty much it okay i'm on board also, Team Liquid's gonna win fucking worlds. Invert said it. Yeah, well, confidence. <laughs> you ruined our chances. Sakowitz, anything you want to say as we say goodbye? Uh, I thought it was funny that I got into the call after the Mundo thing. Mundo's my favorite champion. I really hope he gets played at Worlds. I'd like. Oh. To, I think Reckless on Mundo would be very funny. Are we? Do you, do you guys think we're gonna see a lot of champion diversity? Given that I saw that Reddit thread that was Play like, there's been so this much has champion to be the diversity. Most diverse world. Uh, Play-ins was equally diverse uh, this year compared to last year. I think it was like one champion off. Um, but I, I do think you have the opportunity for that through regional differences, but it won't be anything crazy where like every champion gets picked or anything like that. Yeah. As long as yeah. it's not another ardent meta, I don't care what the meta is. Yeah, I don't think we're in one of these like super defined metas, so I think it'll change a lot over the course of Worlds as people define new things, but I don't think it'll be Dota. <laughs> thanks so much for the call uh no problem alienware sorry Fire. it was one yeah one more this year compared to last year gotcha thanks Sackwitz. all right uh we've got a couple more callers to go let's do it i I could do this all night how about you travis i need to i need to pass <laughs> Adwin, thank you for the 19 months we haven't had any subs in the past 15 minutes so if anybody wants to fix that well King Lawler joined the channel, but Mark did not make it in. Mark is uh, and he looks confused. Disappointed, I, yeah. I'm a little confused by what's going on. Uh, Mark, what's he sent somebody into this he's, chat? Hey, and are he's you having Mark's a conversation with other people? <laughs> King Lawler, um, let's just start the conversation. Where are you from? Congra congratulations on taking Mark's spot. <laughs> yeah, I'm from uh, Athens, Ohio, uh, Ohio University. Nice, cool. Mark, what what took you so long? Oh, I was talking, prepping the other two guys okay. while you. Uh, I was so confused. You just shoved this like this lovely man into our channel, and then we just we were. And then you just figured out where you know. he lived. I yeah. figured I could skip that part. <laughs> well, now you don't know. Uh, what do you What do you want to talk about on the show tonight, King? Sure. So my take is that the Koreans are severely overrated and they are going to be the fourth best region or maybe around NA level. Do you say they're overrated? Yeah, overrated. I yeah. feel like they're... How could they be around to... NA level if NA is going to win Worlds? Yes, yeah, so that's true. But uh, Like Travis said. More realistic... No, invert, <laughs> you said that. Um, more realistically, <laughs> more realistically, I don't... 
is this i feel like this is the least hype korea has been going into worlds for sure but like look at all the players they have on the top 20 lists and all the hype that damon has coming out of plans i don't know it seems pretty i mean hype to me relative to their history yes this is not that hyped but i think the caller's point is what he views as their skill they're still getting too much credit correct yep. yeah okay so okay. so they're worse than anyone even thinks they are <laughs> yeah i think so yeah okay. they're sending they're sending two teams with no international pedigree no history of anything really right like griffin again we talked about this before like what kind of griffin are we going to get coming into worlds no one knows except for obviously griffin just how they're scrimming etc gives you some indication but it's not super clear and damwon's kind of similar right like they're sending damwon in they were gauntlet winners we saw a bit of damwon in the playing stage they didn't like blow us away the same way a korean third seed uh korean third seeds of the past have done right like kt rolster 2015 or anything like that so yeah, I can agree with the caller, but I also can't agree with the sentiment that Korea is like a little underhyped right now, but they're also like a little undeserving of the hype that they're getting, except SKT. I think SKT is like very clearly a powerhouse and a favorite to win the entire thing. So uh, if you look at that spreadsheet again, you'll notice that, um, you know, Korea was actually the worst performing of the major four regions last year at Worlds. Um, even behind NA, by mm -hmm. getting two teams. I mean, it's it's a pretty weird way of looking at it. Two teams got out of groups, but they two of them lost in quarters, and their other team was the last place team in the group. Yeah, shout uh, out Genji. Yeah, Genji really pulled that one down. Uh, <laughs> whereas North America had two third place teams and a team that made semis, which on this ranking made them higher. But I still don't think that means we were a better region last year. Anyways, uh, for this year, I'm I, I see where you're coming from, and especially like Invert was saying with with the unproven track record of Griffin and Damwon. Griffin, I think, is a bit of a black box in that sense, though, where we have watched them in their own environment in Korea be good for so long. Yes, they have these choking parts to them, but they're not quite like um, a complete unknown in that sense, where they came up out of nowhere this year and suddenly they're they're playing well. It's like we've been watching these guys for three splits in a row now basically be the best regular season Korean. Uh, and I think that's why people are hyping them up. Not really because like unproven, you know, players, I think they are a little different than like even Damwon in that sense where they're, they're, all, they're like both of them have the same amount of international experience. But for some reason, you know, it's like, well, we've watched Griffin a lot longer and, and seen how good they are. And I don't think they're at the peak of when we ever saw Griffin. I don't think they're, they're the hype, you know, People are talking about Tarzan not being quite as dominant as he was uh, when he initially broke onto the scene, but I'm still not with you. I'm with the I'm I'm a Korean fanboy. I think what Damwon showed, like I I don't think they're playing to their best level yet. I think Niguri was strolling with that Vlad start as well as them kind of getting cheesed a little bit with a crazy game, and they still almost brought it back and like he still had disgusting flanks that was helping win fights even though he was so far behind and like that was one of those games where i lost but it was like i almost respected them in what happened in that game even though they lost lawler do you do you does your anti-hype extend to skt yeah 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 so let me let me tell you where i'm coming from so i watched the eu finals right 
And then I watched the Korean finals, and it just doesn't look like the same game at all. Like, EU is just so much faster. G2 and Fnatic are just all over each other in the early game. They're diving by all the time. And SKT is just still so slow. It looks like I'm watching a game from 2016. I just think that they're going to get run over. Uh, like, here's the thing. Like, I think EU plays like monkeys, but I think that the meta right now is to play like a monkey. I think that's how you win the games. And, like, I guess my point is just if you think that G2 and Fnatic are some of the best teams, then you should be able to concede that SK and Griffin must not be one of the best teams because they're just not as aggressive as the e European teams. I just I just don't think that their region is fast enough. It, it doesn't have the momentum that the Europeans come into the game with. So, like, I'm looking at these groups. I think Griffin is probably third. It's definitely going to be close with Cloud9. I don't think they have a chance for G2. Um, I think SKT, I think they're one of the biggest overhyped teams, in my opinion. I think, like, Fnatic and RNG are going to really smash SKT. I think they maybe get two wins, maybe three wins. I don't think they're going to do great. And Damon, I think, is totally doing that. They're all about their top hype. I don't, I've never seen the Korean top show up at Worlds. Like, Kuve's done pretty good, but, man, Smeb and Khan, those guys just never hit it. And I, I think the bot lane's just going to get rolled over. I, I don't know. Was it, it the world's it, finals the... MVP in 2015 uh, top laner? And... Marin, that little guy? Yeah, yeah that, that yeah. guy. Uh, uh, enough, but like... I, I think Korean tops, even on other teams, like have been very, very good in the quality like of Korean. Yeah, like quality of Korean top laners has been really, really high and has, you know, they're sending three pretty good top laners. I mean, you know, Doran, Sword, it, they're kind of... You know, uh, I wouldn't call them amazing compared to the uh, Nigurian Khan, but uh, I don't. I truly don't think that, you know, at least on the top side, that Korean teams are. Well, uh, and lacking. I don't even think that's where they're most hyped. I'd say their most hyped position is probably their jungles or their mids, right? Like people talk about Tarzan Canyon and Clid, Clid and Tarzan arguably being MVPs of their teams. Yep, uh, Canyon was. Was was he the summer MVP or was he just close in points? I forget. Uh close. He was. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, and then you have Showmaker Chovy and Faker as well. Uh, so I feel like it's not even um, that the top laners are even where, where most of the hype is. So, you know, I'm I'm definitely of the camp where I agree they don't seem overall to play quite as fast as other regions um, like China and Europe. Uh, I think. You know, Gri Griffin's but, pretty fast and loose. loose is but. is that true? Like Griffin is a fast team. Canyon yeah. plays really, really high, you know, high cl fast clear junglers that try to affect lanes early, specifically mid. Uh, so you know, Clid Faker is like a mid jungle duo that always tries to get shit done on the map pre 10, 15 minutes. Like I'm not really sure that I buy into. I I do agree that you know previously when they were sending like Genji, Afrika, like those teams could get bowled over by much faster teams. But I think the Korea you're seeing this year, uh, you know, is playing a little more fast and loose. Like Damwon and Griffin were really really good uh, at getting those early advantages. So yeah, I, but... I, th I think we can see that again here and that they can keep up. I, I think they're, they're definitely faster than they were in the past. And like I was saying, I, I think Griffin is kind of more in the mold of some of these other teams. But part of me still feels like when I watch it, it's like still kind of in that like very well-reasoned out phase, uh, you know, that I tend to see. 
with Korean teams, whereas I feel like sometimes watching European and and uh, Chinese teams, it's almost like, well, we're just going to fight in lanes, and if the jungler shows up, the jungler shows up, and we're not going to really respect the jungler until he shows up, whereas I don't always feel like I see that in Korea. Um, yeah, that... Even, even while the, the junglers are more aggressive and a lot faster paced than they were historically, I don't think I see like the full team aggression the way that you sometimes see with the other regions. Um, and even then, like a lot of the game is dictated by jungle. So if these other teams are going crazy, but Canyon, Tarzan, and and uh, Clit are controlling the pace of the game, it doesn't really matter. You know, like mm-hmm. you can you can slow the other person down. You don't have to just speed up to their level. So, King, um, what were you gonna say? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I think jungle is one of the big things that you'll see here because yeah, those those guys are rated really highly in Korea, but in Korea the the junglers are. Did I cut out there? No, you're, no, you're good. good. Oh, sorry. Uh, the junglers are so much more predictable on what they're going to do. I think it's so much easier to to path around them. I think I think that they have a much better read on what a Korean jungler is going to do than a European jungler or a Chinese jungler. And in the past, when some Chinese jungler does some nutty gank route, it, it ends up just blowing up in their face because Korea is just so controlled that they just run them over. But uh, I, I think this year and until this meta really shifts around, I, I don't think they're they're going to be that dominant. Mm. I mean, I haven't really looked at like pathing of different junglers recently, but I think there's a pretty good foundation that every jungler follows, and in terms of creativity on paths, honestly, like NA is the worst at being creative like our jungle pool hey, in the lcs in that, right? our jungle pool in the lcs is not conducive to people being pretty creative with their gank paths uh or, or just general pathing and often it's really inefficient uh i think korea pathing emphasizes efficiency i think europe's pretty good at it too china's pretty good at it too like i don't know i just think like jungle is kind of a moot point in this situation and i think korean Korean teams, if they are overhyped, it's certainly not because of their junglers, because those guys are properly hyped. Okay, is there a world mark or invert where SKT is overhyped? Invert, you came out strong and said they're a contender to win the whole thing. Yeah, I still think they're a contender to win the whole thing. Nothing's is there, nothing is so there far any, has convinced me otherwise. Is there a scenario mark or, or invert where they collapse or something? I mean, anything can happen, but you know, just because you predict something doesn't mean you have a good reason for it, you know? So, like, I'm I'm definitely in the... Everything I've seen from SKT is they're really good. Uh, they, you know, as much as they got third, fourth at MSI, and it was a disappointment, G2 is a really, really good team. They pushed them to five games. They had opportunities to win that series that they dropped, and I think they're better now than they were then. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty confident that yeah. they are one of the top one of the three teams who has a real chance of, of winning yeah. worlds. And their LCK playoff run was just astounding. Like it was just complete wreckage for everyone else. It was crazy. And really? I, I, think I heard they... they were pretty slow compared to G2 and Fnatic. <laughs> I, I mean they had to play more games, you know, they had to play like four series in a row, so King, um anything you want to say first off, if if Korea flunks out, then obviously, you know, you get to be a celebrity. Number two, uh, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? No, I mean, I see where they're coming from. It's fair enough. I just think I just think they'll be a little bit too slow, but I mean, only time will tell, I guess. We'll see. Thanks so much for calling in. 
Thanks. Cheers. All right, our second sponsor break of the evening. Want to give a big shout out to Movement. Go check them out over at uh, mvmt.com slash Travis. They make watches, glasses, uh, sunglasses, uh, blue light, blue fil- light filter glasses. They're great. They make jewelry now. Company that's based out of uh, Los Angeles, and they make some really cool stuff. I really appreciate that. If you use mvmt.com slash Travis, you can go over there right now. And by the way, again, that helps me out a ton if you go check it out. Uh, you can get 15% off of your selection and it's just applied right there so you don't even have to worry about a promo code or anything it's just built into the link you can go check out uh mvmt.com travis steve from liquid recently bought a watch uh from them i'm going to be wearing this one uh throughout worlds and if you if you uh if you look at any of the videos interviews or anything i ever do outside you'll pretty much see me sporting the, the sunglasses they sent me really cool brand really cool company uh, with some really interesting products, you can uh, go check them out. They've got men's and women's wear as well. Um, and there's some cool uh, special edition stuff that they're doing as well. So anyway, all that stuff is fantastic. Uh, free shipping on all orders. Go check them out at mvmt.com slash Travis. By the way, it's free shipping worldwide, which is pretty great because I know that a lot of our audience is uh, overseas. And normally, you know, I sometimes you hear these advertisements on North America uh, show and you go and you look at the shipping and it's incredible free shipping worldwide. So thanks so much to movement for their sponsoring of our show on to the next caller. righty, Hell yeah. Yeah. I need them to make me a custom watch that just has somebody in, in Twitch that said, you don't need to watch. It's always Tanner time, hot wheels and babes. <laughs> I just need them to make me a custom watch. that just has Devante's face on all of the faces. Hello, Travis. Hello. We have OPTSM fan here. OPTSM fan, welcome back to the show. Frequent caller. Remind everyone where you're from. Houston. Houston. Ooh, H-Town is yeah. really repping today. Our second Houston <laughs> caller. Um, Are you calling in to hype up Clutch? No, I'm not. Okay. They'll do, they'll do it themselves. All right. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just wanted to go back to the point about the air quote set play. Uh, that Invert and uh, Mark were talking about before. Hell yeah! Oh boy. Yeah, so I loved I loved the conversation with people like Zoo and other people coming in, and people were talking over each other. Mark asked the question about like, have we seen anyone else be as hyper focused with a certain style? Uh, I thought the only thing that I could think about that I could remember was G two last year at Worlds with always opting to one three one and then giving some sort of supportive uh, carry in the bot lane, whether it was. Uh, mage like Heimer for Hyarnan or something like Jin. that's not going to be like a consistent DPS threat and then play through that way and then there was another one that I totally forgot about uh, that I remember I think it was either in the when it was the EU LCS or LPL where they would literally dive bot lane every 10 minutes uh, at 10 minutes like or after the first recall of their bot lane mm-hmm. uh, so every time uh, and then to try to do it with an item advantage and get like that. But I think Clutch's hyper-focus on Herald speaks more to the importance of the early game and platings right now. And then I think that they're taking advantage of that. And I think that other teams should emulate styles like this depending on the meta. Because when you have players like Mark Z was talking about who try to be jack-of-all-trades and master of none or maybe few uh, to try to be like 
very diverse in their playstyle, but never like settling on one. It's something you've heard like Double have talked about many, many times. No matter what team he's been on, uh, even you know other players have said that. So I, I think this is it's an important thing, and I think that it may be a reason why you saw uh, Clutch be able to succeed not only in North America but uh, during play-ins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's it's one of those things where it's a little hard to to comment on. Uh, I mean, I, I agree that the G2 is a good example. Uh, there's a couple other examples that people have brought up, you know, like 2014 TSM always invaded. And I'm going to use a lot of NA ones because they're the teams that I've watched like literally every single game of since mm-hmm. years. Um, but like uh, 2014 TSM did this with, with invading blue buffs. 2016 TSM summer with like diving bot lane after getting mid, mid priority. Felt like almost every single game off double lift pressure. Um, you know, there's been a couple of teams like that. Um, like you said, the one three one. Uh Fnatic was kinda close back when they had Hooney and Rainover. They they did a lot of one three one if I remember correctly. Uh but but yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I well to I think the question that you asked about it though was like can other teams like punish it? And I think that of all the groups that Clutch could have been put in, this is the main one that can punish it because, like Invert said, SKT answering there, and I think that just Fnatic... Uh, the only team I don't think that would answer it would be RNG because I think they'll be fine with giving Uzi like free turret plate spot lane as they lose the 4v5 top to just continue to try to stall until about 25 minutes. But I, I, I mainly just wanted to call to give more uh, praise to a being hyper-focused on a style is not necessarily a bad thing. And that yeah. I think I, I think for NA's growth, we should start to try to see teams do that more. Yeah, like I mentioned before, that definitely is great as a foundation. Uh, and then once you get punished as well, you can start to adjust and identify what's so good and what's so bad about that certain thing that you're doing and and that you're able to build up upon that. I think that is like the core way for teams, not just in the LCS, but in general to improve is to discover that for yourselves. Like Golden Guardians, you know, great team, uh, played through Froggen and Hanser, like had those solo lanes and just weren't able to build up on that identity. But they at least had that foundation and were able to be competitive with that foundation it's just about having the right uh you know infrastructure staff players to build up on that and be uh able to adjust and be not as stubborn about sticking to that i think that's really important for the growth of teams in general and yeah i think you see that with clutch where they brought in a coaching staff that was very malleable very adaptable and that they have players that are willing to kind of take those chances once they see how they get punished on their original identity so mm-hmm. and it's yeah, not I... like it's not like they weren't punished you know when people started identifying it in uh summer playoffs right like clg won both of their best of fives against them and then they lost in gauntlet and teams in gauntlet ourselves included were able to punish you know that uh strategy kind of effectively overall so you know that team grew from that original baseline assumption that a lot of people were making that they just like brainlessly run 
to Harold at 10 minutes, right? Or even like before 10 minutes. So yeah. uh, I definitely think taking that uh, initial idea of how to be, what kind of team you want to be, the identity that you have is so important. I think Clutch did that really well. I think TL does that really well. And I think building up from there is really good too. So. Thanks so yeah, much. Oh, go ahead, yeah. uh, OPTSM fan, uh, and, oh. and just give yeah, yeah. any final thoughts. Yeah, I totally agree. Just uh, shout out to Alienware Movement. Uh, Invert, thanks everything. You, uh, loved you since the college scene. And shout out to my friend Chad Penguin in chat. Thank you. Much thanks, appreciated. Dude. Have a good one. Final. Yeah, collegiate. Yeah, I don't. We don't. We probably <laughs> always tries to do that too. I don't. We don't do that here. Uh, <laughs> is it Luctus, Stella, or Luctus? Luctus. Luctus. Luctus, uh, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Connecticut. Okay. You sound excited. I'm I'm a little nervous about what this take is going to be. <laughs> there's a, there's a there's just a slight amount of insanity in in your in your voice that I'm picking up on. So what what do you got for us? All right. So I want to bring up the fact that excluding 2014 Worlds, Cloud9 has never failed to knock out an LPL team or an LCK team from groups. Even in 2015, when they failed to make it out of groups, they still managed to knock out, I believe it was Invictus Gaming. So they have, for the past four uh, years, they they've knocked out an LPL or LCK team. Yes. Before last year, they had never, an LPL team had never been out of a group that had Cloud9 in it. And then RNG did last year. But Cloud9 still knocked out uh, Genji. Mm -hmm. So my prediction is that Griffin is not going to make it out of this group because they're the only LCK or LPL team in Cloud9's group, and one of them always doesn't make it out. You know what my favorite thing about League of Legends is, Travis, Mark? What's that? Small sample sizes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so this, I mean, <laughs> thinking about it, because they are a third seed, they are always going to end up with an LP, like a either an LPL or an LCK team, right? And there's usually a very good chance that they end up with both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or at least someone, sure. And so that's the like, I feel like that increases their chances dramatically of knocking one of those teams out because it's just the way that it's structured. Like, I wonder how many other teams you could find some interesting stat like that for. Yeah, it's just we're taking like the results that they've had and then just like drawing conclusions based on co what seems to be more like coincidence slash just the fact that because they're an NA team, they probably have to play a Korean China team in their group, and they probably have knocked out that team in order to go into the knockout stage. So yeah, that kind of that kind of makes makes sense. That's just how the groups are structured. According to my small sample size, uh -huh. if, if you look at their placings versus average world team's placings over the last three years, mm -hmm. they're actually the fourth or fifth, fifth best team in the world. So there you go. They're the fourth or fifth best team in the world as long as Griffin and uh, G2 aren't better than that, which actually there's a kind of chance they actually are. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll be fine. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're, they have I... a Placing a 5.5, that's that's good enough for top four, top five. Sounds good to me. I mean, the thing that I always forget about, and I think maybe we all kind of forget about it, is group stages, they're these best of ones, and it's so chaotic that, like, that. this is why we always end up with all these crazy upsets, is because 
you know, it's just like, okay, over the course of four days, you play three games that are all best of ones. All, all you need is one of those to go weird for like halfway through. It's like, whoa, Cloud9 is somehow, you know, tied in there for the top of the group or something. I don't know. I, I'm very, I, I am, I may, this is a, the hot, the bold prediction for me. I have more hype for Cloud9 getting out of their group than TL getting out of their group. You know what my second favorite thing about League of Legends is? So my first is small sample sizes. Oh, no. Okay. You're going to make fun of me, aren't you? No, 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 no. My second favorite thing about League of Legends is come World's Time, everyone thinks it's so goddamn predictable how group stage is going to go, etc. And always at the end of the year, only one person, maybe, I think only maximum one person's bracket is ever correct, right? <laughs> So it's always that chaos and that chaos causing all these different results. Uh, and I think it, this this Worlds will be incredibly funny because this is probably the most volatile Worlds in terms of who favorites are, etc. ever. And I could just see it being the most mundane routine shit where like everything that's expected is oh, just, yeah, gonna just like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like I'm like headed back out of... Because uh, for those that don't know... Actually, I don't know if I've said this yet. We're... Broden and I are just going to come back from Worlds whenever we're like, okay, we've had enough. Maybe I'll just leave after groups this year because I'll be like, okay, this was the most boring, mundane thing. It's just, we're, we're done. Uh, um, you know what's funny, Invert? If you, if you kind of think about what you said, you know, like do factor analysis, your first and second favorite things about Worlds are kind of the same thing. Oh, you absolutely. Love small sample sizes. And that <laughs> means that people are always wrong because you don't get to play enough games for the clearly obvious, predictable thing to happen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know. So I don't maybe it, maybe it's one in one point five then. Yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> one, and then one B. Yeah. <laughs> However many games you played last year, Genji was not going to get out of that group. That's true. They. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, there's always got to be a control. In you know, it's every every situation. It's funny, Luxus, because you said until last year it had only been LPL teams they knocked out, not. Uh, LCK and they added LCK to their belt. Why can't they add EU to their belt this year yeah. and knock G2 out? There's, there's I don't know. 2014, and... they got Alliance out of there, so they've already. Oh, yeah. They've oh, okay. already notched one off there. Okay. Actually, wait, is that the. I think that no EU team has ever made it out in the same group as Cloud9 as well. Let me go back over that. So is that even? No. Is that so, even? So, yeah, so I mean, Cloud have definitely gotten out. No of, team tw ever. Twenty fifteen Ma Major region teams have definitely gotten out of <laughs> at the same time as Cloud Nine. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, but that no, a major region team no, has so, never made it out of groups of Cloud Nine. <laughs> no, no, that no, is almost impossible. Right now. If, oh if you go God. back and look at it, in twenty fourteen, you had. <laughs> Alliance not make it out. 2015, you had Fnatic make it out, uh, but you did not have Invictus Gaming make it out. Cloud9 also failed, and AHQ got out. 2016, you had Aimei, who I think was the Chinese third, third seed, seed. Yep. Um, did not make it out. 2017, you had EDG. EDG. And then 2018, you had Genji. So 2015 is the only time a European seed has gotten out with Cloud9 in the group. You know, correlation doesn't equal causation, but... If you ignore the times that this law isn't true, it's... <laughs> every time Cloud9 gets out of a group, someone else doesn't. I'll do you one better. Every time Cloud9 is in a group, someone doesn't get out. Sometimes it's them. Sometimes and it's actually, it's not just one team. Two teams don't make Holy it out. <laughs> 
get abstract enough, it's always true. Holy. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say as we uh, wrap up the show? Uh, I want to shout out Cloud9 for bringing back Summoning Insight. And oh, yeah. I also want to shout out Selectively Active uh, and Movement for sponsoring the show. Thank you so much. Nice. Everyone. Thanks. Bye. All right. Well, that wraps up the show. Oh man. Invert, do you want to shout anything out? Any any plugs or anything you want to make? Yeah. Um, so for FlyQuest, obviously, we didn't make Worlds. Uh, but uh, similar to last year, we are going to do content around Worlds. Uh, and that includes uh, content with Wild Turtle. He's going to be at the event you don't want uh, to doing, <laughs> doing, sim doing similar uh stuff compared to last year so be on the lookout for that that should be really exciting uh and yeah hopefully uh you guys check that out on the flyquest youtube channel other than that shout out to flyquest uh and shout out to the north american teams really rooting for you guys i am personally confident in north america this year and i hope everyone else is too mark um thanks for coming on invert yeah, of course. That's Anytime your shout you out. Just thinking <laughs> it. Hey, I appreciate uh, it. Look how far you've fallen, Mark. The only thing you could do is shout out the person on the show we're currently check on. Out, check out my untitled spreadsheet. I'll be posting it on Twitter after this. Give it a retweet. Beautiful. And, and be surprised at how bad LMS has been the last three years. Yeah. For me, I am headed to Worlds in 12 and a half hours. <laughs> Uh, hopefully... That's plenty of time to pack. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I'm excited to go. It's going to be fun. Please check out my channel. We're going to have a bunch of stuff coming through. <sighs> Kelby in the chat says, let's be honest, no one is checking out the FlyQuest anything. I love that Kelby shows up in the very end of the show. <laughs> <to dunk> on <laughs> Just a flame. What the fuck? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's... I've got... There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff... Um, and this year we're at we have a third member of the team in Helen, uh, which oh, her name is Deer. She, you can go check her out. I, I did an interview with her, introducing her to the uh, YouTube channel whenever um, I caught up with her at TwitchCon. So be sure to go check that out. Uh, shout out to Mark's spreadsheet, and yeah, I'm gonna be freezing my ass off in Berlin, eating. Oh, what's what is that, that Mark? Uh, TV. Sorry, I'll okay. fuck off. <laughs> uh, I'm freezing my ass off and uh, eating terrible food to make content for all of you. So please respect my sacrifices. Um, and uh, I, I, much like last year, I think if the internet holds up at the hotel, which last year we were in Korea, now we're in Berlin, um, I'm going to be trying to stream a little bit after the shows. So hopefully you guys can check out the streams as well. Uh, and I believe that is the show. Thanks so much to everyone for watching. This was a mega long episode to catch up on all the cool stuff. Thanks for Invert for coming on. It's been Hotline yeah, League, episode 9.